Yo, sponsoring us today are Westway Nissan. Westway Nissan are the largest Nissan dealership in the UK. They also have exclusive deals with Nissan. So there are certain models and uh, and types of models with certain details and add-ons and mod cons that you can get from Westway Nissan that you can't get from any other Nissan dealership, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can find them at westwaynissan.co.uk. If you're an ex-service uh, ex, ex, uh, person, service lady, service man, RAF, Navy, Army, doesn't matter what you were, or if you're um, still serving, you can get up to 20% off um, on purchases from them. They have new and used vehicles, and they have all sorts of stuff. They do commercial stuff as well. Do, they can do your vehicles for businesses. This weekend, in fact, they have, this is a, a, an example of their versatility and durability and their plethora of services they can provide. This week, and the offers they always have on. The offers they always have on. They opened on last weekend, and they got another offer on this weekend. They got a motability open weekend. So all of my friends who are amputees, all of your friends, if you're a service person, if you were an amputee yourself, for example, and you were looking for, in fact, not just amputee, a disabled individual who has um, some um, mobility issues, uh, Westway Nissan this weekend, from the 5th to the 7th, that's Friday to the Sunday, they've got a motability open weekend. You can go along, you can book an appointment and take a test drive, and you, you get a £20 Argos voucher just for doing an appointment and test drive. Which is which is pretty good, and hopefully as well you walk away with an awesome deal in the vehicle if you need one. So if you're in the market for looking for a new vehicle, and I know right now I've got several individuals uh, who are friends, ex colleagues of mine, who have less than four limbs, and uh, they love to snap up a deal because they are tighter than a duck's ass. So go along to Westway Nissan and check out this stuff. Westwaynissan.co.uk dealerships all over the UK, up north, down south, uh, west and east. Funny enough. Also sponsoring us today are Rugby for Heroes. That's rugby number four heroes. Rugby for Heroes is a not-for-profit organisation founded by a group of keen rugby players designed to host various fundraising events to raise money for a range of armed forces charities, including 353, Help the Heroes, the Royal British Legion and the Soldiers Charity. Since forming in 2009 to commemorate the loss in action of Private Joe Whitaker, who was a member of Four Power when he died, they've raised over £100,000 for their benefit charities. The founders are members of Old Lemontonians RFC and are massive supporters of our forces and their families. Check them out on their website, www.rugbyforheroes.org. It's rugbyforheroes.org and their website, okay? Uh, and you can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and their Instagram feeds, and that's at rugby for number four heroes. In fact, ignore the website. Ignore the website because it's the opposite. Look for them, Rugby for Heroes, Rugby Number Four Heroes, and then you'll get the website link on there. Rugby Number Four Heroes. Their next major event is the Rugby for Heroes Beer and Gin Festival to be held at the Old Dementonians RFC on the weekend of the 10th and 11th of May 2019, which is next year. Rugby for Heroes is very proud to be a sponsor of this podcast as part of their own continuing program of support for veterans, serving members, and their families. Rugby for Heroes on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Support them, please. Give them a like. Give them a share. I know the uh, I know one of the one of the founders, and um, they're a brilliant organisation. Just, just just brilliant individuals. Very honest. Very hardworking, and um, and very obviously very charitable. Uh, that is that on that one. Thank you to Rugby for Heroes. 
Finally, sponsoring us today are 429 Group. 429 Group are veteran-owned and operated, and they provide health and safety services, security services, and medical services across the UK. Uh, from a health and safety perspective, they can provide health and safety audits, fire risk assessments, fire, fire inspections more or less. Uh, they can even help you get charge accreditation, which I'll come on to in a minute. Their health and safety consultancy is completely transparent and whatever they report is completely confidential to your organisation. They can assess your health and safety management systems remotely by examining your policies and procedures or they can visit site and provide written and verbal guidance on areas you can approve on and how areas you may be legally non-compliant and why, and finally, how you can improve on the health and safety culture within your workplace. For, uh, we're talking about a CHAS accreditation. For sole traders and small businesses, they also offer a CHAS accreditation service, as I mentioned, putting together your application for the Contractors Health and Safety Assessment Scheme and gaining you this hugely beneficial certification for your business. Following achievement of CHAS, you are provided with vehicle stickers, corporate letterheads and membership benefits to display to your customers and potentially new customers attracting more business through demonstration of your professionalism as an organization having achieved this status for businesses with four or less employees the service costs just 310 pounds plus vat and chas accreditation in most cases is achieved within just 10 days it's rapid such as their familiarity with chas and the needs of the clientele 429.group for more information on them that is it for the sponsors on the show um my guest today i tell you what i'm not one of the guests today just a reminder levers link um levers link is happening when is it happening Let's look at my calendar it's happening on right i said last week it's the third thursday third and fourth thursdays of the month it's not i'm talking rubbish it used to be that it's the third and fourth tuesdays of the month respectively levers link is a free networking event for service levers you go along it's informal you meet up with other business people you meet up with other veterans you get advice and guidance on career and training and courses and sometimes you even end up with a job offer but they don't guarantee that it's mainly for networking with business people and helping expand your knowledge as a veteran or as someone thinking about getting out in how to best prepare yourself or improve yourself in Civvy Street. <clears throat> the next event is the 16th of October. That's going to be in Colchester. 6.30pm start at the Officers Club, which is down right near the centre. Leave us link. I'm glad I remembered to do that. I always forget. What is the other thing I keep forgetting? Oh, no. You know, that's it. On to the show. <laughs> On to the show today. Um, I haven't seen this guy for eight years. Cameron Else. Um... He was a private when he was in. I was at the same time as a sergeant, so when we were in, we didn't we didn't really um, have the sort of a, a social relationship. Really, like this wasn't the case. Um, and I I had a flipping great chat with him. Absolutely great chat with him. Uh, he's also a, a, a mixed martial artist, hugely experienced. I didn't realize quite how experienced he was. He's a he's a fight promoter. Um, he, he just he trains with some amazing 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 people he's got amazing stories he was living out his car i didn't realize he was living out his bloody car and and just and and dealing with life and going through hardships as a lot of us do you know and you keep yourself pride's a sucker you know pride's an absolute nightmare um it was a good chat it was really really good really fun and i hope you enjoy it too h plus 25 coming else enjoy On. 
Eight years, buddy. Yeah, eight years. <laughs> didn't realise. I haven't seen you since then, have I? Nah. I'm not right. Nah, I think I the last am... time I, I remember seeing you properly was playing poker in Afghan. We used to play poker. When we, when we had the days off in camp? Yeah, in camp. Okay, oh, yeah. I think that's the first part of sit, like, last sit down and fucking chill when you're fucking. Yeah, I forgot about the poker. And I'll tell you something, it's crazy, right? Because I see pictures the other day of me in Afghan with the lads. And for the first time, I say, I understand now when they say kids are fighting our wars. Boys. What do you mean? We're looking at, looking at how young I looked and how young I actually were. You look about four years old now. Yeah, bro, I look fucking young. Like, I, I age well. Unless you, unless you put like a sheet of paper with your face and like you just see your years. Yeah. You're like nine years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, like I look back and I look at like all pictures like, because it was like me, Ryan Phillips, Jay Morton, Matt Tomroll, bless his soul. Mm. All of them. And I'm looking at every one of them like, Sean Marion, DJ, and I'm like, fuck. Potsy, Graham A. Yeah. And, and I'm like, we were really Some of them haven't changed, mind. I think when you really look back now, you look back at the pictures and you look at them now. Yeah, I haven't done that, I suppose, yeah. So yeah I honestly, I looked and when I put I put a picture up on my Instagram and all my all like people that know me now like knew about my military background, they were like, fuck. Yeah. Cam, is that you? You're so young. And I look thinking, oh my God, I've changed so much. You stay in touch with me the vlogs, just in general. Do you know, I did, I do with some, I do with some, there's a few, do you know, do you know what, it's like, I think, what I've kind of learned, the army is all about, oh yeah, it's brotherhood and it's great, and when you're in it, that that's what you live by, right, because it's like code, right, you've got, you got to live by the brotherhood and it's like, you, you can't do anything else, so you live with all the yeah, time, you're right, so you kind of, I think you kind of put up with shit, but then also like, you're going to war, they got your back, you got theirs and that mentality kind of gets you through all the bullshit but then also found when I personally when I left that there's actually a few little fucking backstabbing cunts that I don't like yeah we got any, any I know which, you, which you get anywhere anywhere in any job yeah. but I think it actually affected me more than anything because, because I was so a close. soldier and I'm yeah, like because yeah, 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 yeah. for me loyalty is everything and trust and bothered and I got you back do you know what I mean regardless you can trust me with the world so when that gets broken with me, I'm, I was really took aback. I thought, fuck me, like, that's not going to happen. Like, so I think I, I, it upset me, but then there's, there's, I've got some of my other best friends. What I love about the army blokes is I can ring them up now, go meet them in the pub, and it's like we're never fucking, yeah, never yeah, miss yeah. each other, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, fuck, just, you're literally straight back in. Yeah. Talking shit, ripping each other, yeah. fucking slinging down the beers and whatnot. Yeah. But I think it was a hard, it was a hard change for me, the army, coming out of the army. Really? Yeah. What, what did you do when you got out? So obviously, given how I come out, I um, ended up, I broke up with my missus. Um, at the time, it was it was fucking really hard because... You basically, without, without complicating it, mm. you got discharged yeah. because of a, a number of factors, one of them being the army was kind of... Yeah. You were you were not because someone wanted to leave. Yeah. So it was not redundancy. No, no, I didn't want to leave. Did, yeah. did a fuck. To yeah. be honest, uh, when I got told in my report and that, that He's got the quality, like he's got the qualities that we want mm -hmm. to go on to be a line check. And I was always one of those guys. You give me responsibility, and I do the job well. So I knew. I remember. And, I remember. And, and people knew, like yeah. even like the sergeants and that. When they asked me to do something, I would, I would do it, and I'd do a good job of it. So, to then that was suddenly like a split second. 
I'm in my car, I'm driving back to Margate, and I'm like, I haven't even told my missus, I haven't like, told anyone. So, and I'm in my I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm out. It's like, what? And it was like, and then what, what also had happened at the time, I was going through a bit of a rough patch with my missus and that, and I won't go into that side of it, but me and I ended up breaking up, and then I kind of had like this, I was a paratrooper in the British Army, I'd been in Afghan, of a, uh, like regardless of what happened out there, I think anyone that goes out there, mm. like everyone, all regiments, the fact that you go out there and you put yourself in that in that environment, you got to take you after people, right? So you keep talking. What's that? I switch the volume. That's right. So um, yeah, like out of nowhere, fucking, I'm in my car and yeah. I remember not wanting. I didn't want to go to my nan's. And I didn't want to go anywhere, so I actually stayed in my car for a few nights. Yeah. And I I didn't have a job. And I was like, fucking, this this sucks. And I managed to get a job uh, doing choreo work. Say that again, say that again, I missed that. So basically, I, I, I was out and um, oh. I didn't, I broke up with Mrs. It was a real shit situation, so I weren't, I weren't staying with her because I used to basically stay with her because yeah. she lived with her mum. And bear in mind, I got a son with her. So I used to, whenever I used to go home on the weekends, I'd live with them. Um, and then basically, what had happened were, I'd, I had a big bust up with my mum and basically my best mate at the time who was dating my sister, he was actually a two-power lad, we, we all fell out and um, basically Mrs. fucking didn't want to know me. My mum and dad didn't want to know me. Your mum and dad? Yeah, like literally I broke ties with them because I felt that they were the reason why I broke up with my missus. So then I was literally, I felt like I was on my own and I literally were mate I'm not even joking like, I, I got a job doing courier work for this company in Whitstable which is about 25-40 minute drive from my house so what I'd do I'd stay literally do the courier work then go to Tesco's I can try and get something to eat that then I'd sleep in my car in the car park because the car you go to the Tesco's for food yeah yeah. and then I'd come out and fucking sleep, sleep in my car and then in the morning when I woke up I'd literally do it the courier company was right there so then I'd jump in the lorry and drive around Paris and I did that for a bit and at the time I just felt there was so much pressure on me because like I was trying to get out of Missy she didn't know I remember waking up on my birthday right in a fucking 2010 2010 yeah I'm sure it was 2010 yeah I remember waking up on my birthday in a fucking car bear in mind I'd been in Afghan I was a paratrooper that year and I woke up in my car on my, on my, tw- on my 22nd, I think my 22nd birthday. I woke up in my car and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And also, obviously, I was training in MMA. Because I tell you, that, that's what changed changed my attitude in, in the army. It was Dave Kell. Dave Kell pulled me one side. He's like best mate of mine. And he, Boxer. He, huh? Boxer, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, he does. He done jiu-jitsu, didn't he? Colour Dave Kell. I didn't know he did that. Yeah, fucking savage. He Is was, he? <sighs> Yeah, so well, I wasn't doing it then. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it came about. We was in Afghan, I mean, Dave used to watch <sighs> UFC and shit, and Dave was like, damn, you're fucking good at this. And I was like, yeah, we'll give it a go and get back. And then I kept getting in trouble down, downtown fighting every fucking weekend. Practicing. But do you know what it was? It, it, I'd never start a fight, but if I was any one of the blokes that are there, and any fucker that was rude to them and starting them, you're kind of like, we just fucking put our life online for you fuckers, like these civvies. And then I'd just kick off and just fucking attack people and beat them up. And then it would just be every weekend. And it got to the point where they pulled me to one side. I, 
after the wrestling. And attitude's not uncommon when you come back. Exactly. It's not. It's and not, and that, it was Dave. Dave turned around and said, he said, Cameron, if I love you, I'm going to play now, but I'm going to stop hanging around with you if you're going to keep going out. Dave said that. Yeah. He said, if you're going to keep going out. He said, you're fighting for people and keep getting arrested. He said, but they wouldn't do it for you. He said, so you need to just fucking tone it in a bit. He said, come and do it. And my mate, I found this gym. That's a good mate. It is. It is. And I, that's why I, I fucking know everything to him. Because people think, think it, but they very rarely say it to you. Mm. And they he did. And yeah. he, he said to me, and I went, all right, I'll come with you. So I went with him. We drove to Semtex in Orpington from, from Colchester. Yeah. Got there. Semtex. Yeah. Uh, which was, yeah. yeah, Semtex gym in Orpington. So it was, that's Steve Gladstone, Kieran Kettle, and we walked in there and there's a little Brazilian guy called Vaminato. And we see him and this other lad, John Joe Ellis, who's a professional MMA fighter. They were like training, doing this jiu-jitsu shit. And I was like, what the fuck's that? Those guys start wrestling, like, you get choked out. I was like, fuck off, fuck off. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I killed him. I, I fucking don't, they don't get me, like, right? Like, cause I had this like, ego, like, I'm a fucking tough lad. Yeah. And then we spoke to him and that was, was like, yeah, welcome, come to the class tomorrow. So I remember it being like a first day night and we were scared down. It made a change, we weren't going out down Colchester. So we got there, we trained that night, and I got fucked up. Like this 17 year old kid almost broke my arm. And I remember having a tap. And after I got in the car, and Dave was like, You got fucked up. And I was like, Fuck off, mate. I said, I'm really, I said, I'm a father. I said, I've just been beaten up by a 17 year old kid. I said, That can't happen, mate. I said, When I go home this weekend, I'm going to quit playing football and I'm going to dedicate everything to this fucking shit. And he, yeah, yeah, go on then. Went on that weekend, played my last game of football. Fucking dislocated my knee. <laughs> dislocated my knee. I couldn't fucking believe my luck. So I dislocated my knee, and I get told you've done basically you've done your ACL. You're gonna be out for a year, and that's what happened. Were so then I spent fucking a year, not just under a year. Obviously in the reg, in college, fucking in crutches, going through all that fucking treatment shit. But what I said, I said to Dave, I'm still gonna come to every lesson. I said, I'm going to come to every lesson oh. with this fucking cast and I'm going to watch every lesson. Did you? Yeah, and I did. <laughs> and I went with him. Honestly, you asked Dave Kell if you ever see him. And I went with him to every lesson and he fucking trained. And I'm watching them cast up to the hip like, fuck. And it got got pretty much through the whole year. Had the cast off, got to the stage and then turned on down. The coach was like, are you ready? You can come on. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready, ready. And I picked out pretty quick. And I think one of the reasons why I picked out quick I'm competitive all players are fucking competitive and we have that fucking mindset to, it's not going to phase me I'm going to keep going keep going and the fact that I sat there every lesson and I've just become obsessed with it watching it and I'd literally if I can watch someone do something then I can do it like if it's physical mm-hmm. fucking mass equation and shit like that that's a different type of shit <laughs> but if it's physical and it's like punch that twist that arm here that yeah I can do it like, and I'll pick it up there and then so and I did, I, within 18 months, I got my blue belt. Um, not only that, I won the World Trials in the UK. Did you? Yeah, which I then got paid to go to Abu Dhabi and reps in the UK. Did you really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, Fucking after 18 months, I went out there as a blue belt. And I remember when I got out there, like, it, it was the first thing I'd ever done sport-wise. And I was like, fuck me, the light was on me. And I was like, this is sick. Yeah. Like, and I remember out in Dubai, it's their Olympic it's their like biggest sport it's like their Olympics BJJ's in all the schools it's their number one sport I didn't know that either yeah. I knew that there's big BJJ competitions out there yeah. but I didn't know it was, there, like, that, it was that big 
switch it around. I'm having to improvise, mate. It's not, uh, this is not, as people uh, watching will realise, it's not a normal fucking studio. Mm. It's not a studio. This is my uh, girlfriend's bridal shop. Okay, yeah. Francis Bridal, shout out. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so this side flag there, behind there is all wedding dresses. Yeah. Go on anyway. Uh, yeah, so, so literally, I... So now I'm at Dubai, it's their number one sport. I'm, I'm getting treated like a king out there in Dubai. I'm like... Getting treated like a king? Yeah, like fucking... Oh, no, still? No, like when I went oh, out I there. Sorry, at, at a blue belt. And yeah, I was yeah. like... Because you won the world title? Yeah, because I won the pro trials and then they paid for me to go enter into the competition for free. But it's great, right? So you won the blue belt. Yeah, I won the blue belt. Yeah, I won the blue belts in the UK. So now I'm out there fighting against all the best blue belts in the world. Yeah. So obviously... My mind's there, I was like, I'm a fucking beast this, I'll win this easy. But in mind, it was my first blue belt competition that I entered. I got graded, two, three weeks later, my coach was like, going to the world trials. Went in and I smoked everyone. How long had you been training BJJ then? Only 18 months. Fucking hell. So literally, within 18 months, I got a blue belt, and not only that, I got ranked number one in the UK. <laughs> so I knew, like in my head, I was like, I'm yeah. fucking untouchable. Are man. you quite flexible anyway? Yeah, I'm... I'm this is my shit, man. I remember, like, but not me funny. I remember being in training. I remember Sean Horsfall. Yeah. Big like that. Yeah. And there's this other guy that didn't manage to get past people. I mean, Coughlin. And he was scarier than Horsfall. What was his name? Coughlin. Coughlin. Oh, Coughlin. Yeah. Uh, he's Coughlin. Yeah, Coughlin. Aaron Coughlin. And uh, he was. Um, what do you mean, scaring Sean? Like, boxer, big Yeah, like, he put boxer. Sean in his place. Oh, did he? Yeah, like, so they're both from Liverpool. Sean was a exactly. You know what Sean's like? So they're both from Liverpool. And. He's pretty much gang-related, he's Coughlin. And them two went once and cough. Uh, he put on, Sean was like, shut up, and Sean was a shit himself. But when we used to play for, I used to fight them two. Yeah. I used to tie them up. Oh, really? Like, they, they couldn't... Oh, have... after you started training? No, before. <laughs> like, before I'd even done anything, like, just play fighting in training. Yeah. Please, like, Cam so rigid. I said, get them in headlocks, and I'll get them to, like, give up. Yeah. And so I always, I've always thought, fucking good when it comes to that type of fighting. But yeah, so I'm out, I'm out in Dubai and um, it's showed around. They get told, right, you're opening up the ceremony. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, oh, you're the yeah. first fight. But I turn, so we turn up, right? I'm not joking. The venue was gigantic. And it was like the, they do an opening ceremony like the Olympics, the official yeah. Olympics for it. Yeah. And you you know, like the big TV that hangs over, overhang, like banging scent. Like, you know, like a basketball court, they have the big TVs for yeah. screens. <laughs> So one of them in there, they had all these screens around. Which venue was it, sorry? Some, a venue in Dubai, Abu Dhabi it was. Not oh, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. so, and it's all on their national TV, like the world, and they were like, we're opening up, you're opening up, you're against this local hero. Yeah. So I was against this Abu Dhabi kid. Yeah. I put him to sleep in about 10 seconds. <laughs> but I remember walking out to it, and they called me out first, and they're like, coming out from England. And I'm looking out, just like seeing my head everywhere, like, like walking into me, like, oh my God. Like, I didn't know where they look, because I was just everywhere. And then I come out of the mat, and they're all like clapping, that, like, do all the ceremony, and they're, they're doing all these dances. And then we started, and bang, I put literally. Well, how, did you, how did you take him out? An anaconda joke. An anaconda joke? It's like my favorite joke, bang, gone. <laughs> I literally went to sleep. And I remember, like, just getting up, going, and everyone was like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna blitz it. And then I get told if you win, you get five grand and you get to pick one of the cars out the front. 
They have cars out the front. Nah. A Range Rover Sport, yeah. a Mustang, like the top range Mustang. It was a Jag, a Porsche, like, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "What?" And they sent it. I'm like, "Yeah, get sent." Home. And I'm like, "Fuck off!" I'm fucking getting a Range. And I was sick of this and five grand. I'm not really worried about the five grand. I'm just like the Range Rover. <laughs> so you won the five grand. You went out to no, no, I didn't because I didn't. I didn't. Oh, if you won the whole car, yeah, but oh, if right, I won the world, fight. Yeah. Fight, yeah. So that was first fight. <laughs> I had two more fights. Again, tapped them both out. Done. And I was thinking, I want to test. Then I remember looking over my shoulder and they're like, you're fighting him. And I was like, who the fuck's he? They're like, he's just a Brazilian lad, he's really good. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck off, I'll throw him around. <laughs> I was thinking, he, I'm too big for these. I, I was really strong for my weight. I was what very was light, uh, bantam weight. So it was like 61 kg. Mm-hmm. What a fighter still now. Bit harder There's now. no cutting weight in BJJ, is that? Uh, not really, not really. Like you kind of just, you walk around, wait, you diet down and you just walk around actually you won't cut water. Why is it, why is that different then? Because uh, you've got to compete literally, you're weighing and you go straight on the mat. So oh, there's so no you, time you, to rehydrate. Same day weighing? Yeah, right. but mind you, at, for the Abu Dhabi tournament, it was a day before weighing. So wouldn't it be advantage just to cut weight? Oh yeah, for that tournament, that for that tournament, I reckon people would do. But I didn't, because I, I, I never knew until I got out there. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, you weighing in the day before? And I was like, really? Oh, I'm on weight. So... Mm. Um, yeah, so then I had this Brazilian and he had all the sponsored things and I was like, finally, I've got a Brazilian. Now I'm going to smash him. And this was now the quarterfinals. And I come out, right? And now we're, we're on the main screen because we're the quarterfinals. So they put us on the TV, like national TV. And I noticed, like, everyone's talking about this Brazilian. I'm like, oh, he's meant to be fucking... Who was this Brazilian? He was a favourite, right? His name's Mar- Mauricio Andre. Right? At the time he's a blue belt, we started to fight, and I'm not joking you, I've never been dominated oh, really? so much by someone in my life. Like, what he did to me that day, I could put charges in for rape. He <laughs> raped me, man. He threw me about, he literally, to the point where I was like, oh my God, where's my strength? Like, it didn't matter. It just flowed, and he just, like, he it's was... Technique. Oh, just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It was the most biggest bit of humble pie I've ever managed, have, had to have eaten in my life. And I was there and I got smashed and it was like 33 points. I looked up at the skin at one point. He's on 33 and I'm on four. But that's only because he let me pass so he could trick me into another position. And then he armbarred me with about three seconds left and I snapped my arm. See, I, explain me, I've looked it up briefly before, points you just when I was yeah. doing it a couple of years back. Yeah. I thought, oh, we might get into this. And uh, it fucking baffled me. Mm. But I, I wasn't sure if I, I if I wanted to be interested in it. Cause at the same because you got the submission on, even you like because uh, at the same time I was watching. Um, there'd been a couple of shows with Matt Morris, mm. which I really loved. But uh, explain to me the points then. How the fuck are the points? Were? So the points were like you get two points for a takedown. So if you initiate a takedown, yeah. double leg, you get two points. Yeah. Apart. If you initiate a takedown, no, no, actually complete the takedown. complete the takedown. Yeah. So you completely does that, does that matter which position you end up in though? You they have to be on their back. If you can't go for a takedown but then them kinda of turn you halfway through the takedown, you've got to secure it. So if I took you down, but you managed to just continuously roll and back up to your feet. Is this gi or no gi? Gi. I, but hang on a minute. Isn't Isn't being on the ground as equally a strong position as being on top? Yeah. When you're just talking BJJ. Yeah, but what it is, so when you've got to think, to do a competition, it's like judo, it? it's like anything like that, you need to initiate points, and 
we can both stand and push each other how's it ever going to get to the floor so yeah. when you say there's two points you get to take a person down now the fight starts on the floor but so, you only get two points if you take someone down and they're on their back yeah so you take you're it, on top yeah you take it down you secure it, bollocks, it hold it that's two points and then you're carrying your position you carry on from there so then I look if I pass the guard that's another two points Ah, see, then we have to stunt it sometimes. Yeah, and then like you get, you get advantage, you get advantages as well. So say if we're on the floor and I've tried almost actually like four times, I've like chucked submission up, submission up, submission up. I will get advantage because I'm showing, uh, I'm trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're stalling, yeah. you can lose a point mm -hmm. because you're just trying to like, oh look, I'm two points so I just sit here play mm -hmm. and save. <clears throat> they say stalling, and then they take a point or other points to me. Mm -hmm. So there's there's points within it, but yeah, this kid honestly, he was like thirty three points, and then he armbarred me, and then after I was like, who the fuck are you? And then I found out that his coach, his mentor, was Hula Fierro, who's the current <laughs> fucking <laughs> world champion. And I was like, they're over you now, and I was like, and then I also found, I was like, how long have you been doing jujitsu? And he was like, uh, seven years now. And I was like, that's my next section. Yeah, it's like seven years. He's like, yeah, I was uh, blue uh, white belt for three years. And now I've been a blue belt four years. Four years as a blue belt. I was it, like, but it doesn't. Yeah, is that? But is that it's not, not done. And just taking ages to do it. it. Just means that maybe you have a stricter school. Yeah, stricter school. Because there are some schools, mate. Yeah, just chuck the black belts away and give them like. Give yeah, them, well, give them so no, it's, really, it's really hard to say who's sandbagging or what not. But in the end of the day, Brazilians run it, and they want to win everything. So, if like my my coach now, you say that he used to hold me back in grading. Even grade me, say as easy as other people, because he knows I compete. So you need to keep it there. This is what I explain to people: right? don't ever worry about what what someone else gets. Oh, he's got four stars. I've been trying to get him. I'm better than him. I submit him. Oh, he's got his blue belt. We're not the same fucking belt. Like, don't worry about that. Everybody, every individual person who walks through those doors, is on their own story. It's their own life. Okay. For example, there's a kid I knew who had a bad drug addiction, been to prison broken guy come out found jiu-jitsu and if you was to grade him the way that my coach grades me then it's not fair to him he's never going to be as good as me he's never going to have that ability some people just aren't going to be that thing but you need to grade them on what they're doing within their life and this jiu-jitsu saved his kid's life so you've got to give him it oh, easier okay, yeah. so sense. I just say as long as you remember that you won't get upset on it's got to be only up to a certain point though because otherwise it, it has it has like the, the way I look like me personally like, I'll be opening up a school next year and the way I'll I will grade um, I think it's going to be like a new like a completely new way of grading like on how I'm going to grade I believe so say with my kids I believe right say if you're a, a student of mine if you're a blue belt you should be able to show me free guard passes and whenever I teach because I, I love teaching kids I've done, I, I done quite well with it but then I had to stop doing it because I spent so much time away but the easiest way to teach a kid is to make it simple so how I would do it I'll teach a technique say an arm bar from guard and I'll break it down into stages so let's say there's four and I'll say to the kids right there's four stages to the arm bar from guard stage one this stage two hips Oh, look, bang, crank. So then, at the end of my lesson, I'll be able to sit there and go, right, we let the arm bar from guard. How many stages? And the kids were like, four. I'll be like, okay, what's stage two? 
and they go stage two into ship so you make it really simple for them and then when they do want to practice at home with their brothers or sisters or whatever they know that when they do the arm bar they have to remember there's four stages mm -hmm. so now when it comes to me grading my kids what I'm going to do is basically know that they can do that they will be able to show me four submissions from guard four guard passes but correctly teach it like correctly say so they can say they have to teach you yeah Got you. so then they have to say understanding. yeah they, they can say to an adult look I'm not the best but I know that the four stages to the armbar is that no hips hips yeah bang more hips there yeah there you go so now when the grade when as you get more grade higher grades you're expected to help the under, the belts underneath but in order to I want everyone in my school to be able to teach it I don't want start a student from my school being that and then someone goes show me the arm by them and they go oh I say you're doing arm by and it's completely fucking wrong it's embarrassing for me and it's embarrassing for them so how you'll get graded in my school is not just because you're fucking really aspiring you need to have an understanding for it mm -hmm. you need to I don't want I want you to be good at aspiring yeah of course but guess what there's everybody should know how to teach everybody should know that there's it's a test Every, everyone should have completed the test regardless doesn't matter how good you are at sparring, it matters how good you are at teaching and your understanding of jiu-jitsu, not just because you're good at sparring. Mm -hmm. like, for me, the person that can teach more will be able to teach 100 people. The person that can just really good at sparring but can't teach shit, he's only good for himself, mm -hmm. but if he wants to grow in, in like, he wants to grow an army, say, and you're never going to beat the person who can teach the person who can't fight but can teach a thousand people mm. <laughs> you know what I mean so mm. I, I try and look at it like that and I think that's how I do it I'll, I'll know when kids are up to the standard and then I'll notify we got a grading day your kid's up for grading and it'll be a legitimate test so then I'll sit there with a pad and they'll be there in front of me and I'll say right do you know like we're similar when you've uh, got to do your uh, rifle test and that? Mm -hmm. there you go you're cool that's an O show me side control they're getting psycho job. They get into guard. I'm like, don't you know what fucking guard the psycho job is? Mm -hmm. You're not ready. You fail. You get two crosses on your chip thing. No, you have to wait till next for the, in six months time. You'll get graded again. But guess what? Now you got homework and you need to know. So then one thing I know is that when they do pass, I know that they actually know. And that isn't being done in jujitsu. That's not being done anywhere. And I think by me doing this, will bring my school. No schools do that. No schools doing grading like that. Well, none that I've ever known that, and I've been in a lot of schools. So I think that's the way that you want to. That's the way I'm going to be teaching. How did Tenth Planet do it? Tenth Planet's under so they're all all under Eddie Bravo. It's a franchise. Isn't it? It's a franchise. Birmingham. Yeah, it's a franchise Eddie Bravo. He just brought in a different style, and he aims more. Like he put off in the electric chair submission. He's just got he's got a different style and a different he's a brand, he's a character. Yeah. Mm. He's a strange one. He's a strange one. He's very strange. <laughs> um, so when you say in your school, you I'm guessing you haven't got now, but you're intent on starting one. Yeah, yeah, I've actually um in talks well, I had a meeting last week, it's being built. So the units are being built. Um next I'll be able to move into it in November next year so UK UK yeah in the UK but um it's gonna be sick 
Yeah, but what about when you go to Jacksonwink? Well, this is the thing. So, what's happening with Jacksonwink? Yeah, where's your allegiance lying? My, <laughs> my allegiance. Tell me what's going on there. What's happened? So, is, I've heard, I've heard, um, I've heard Cowboys. I've heard. I was well, Joe Rogan all the time. I heard Cowboy yeah. and Joe Rogan talking about. He it. didn't know about, did he? Uh, he doesn't know that. It's but good, mate. Get the beers going. <laughs> I feel like the cowboy and I'm about to let rip. You fucking bastards. Yeah, mate. And I know, because um, I know, uh, well, I guess it from flipping Instagram post. You, well, you were saying, you were talking earlier and it made me think. Of- Do you know what? I'm actually glad you brought this subject up, right? Because I showed him and like, I, I, haven't, I haven't spoken about it. Um, I spoke briefly to Brandon Gibson. He's a good friend of mine and he's also a coach of mine. Mm. And obviously, Gibson being, had been with Cowboy for 9 or 10 fights. He's not going to be in his corner for the next fight. They're going to try something different between them. Who, who sir? Uh, Brandon Gibson. He's the striking coach of right, John Jones, know, right, Cowboy. Right. He's really good. Six guns. He's his coach. Yeah. But I spoke to him briefly the other day, but my whole take on it, I don't look at it. I don't look at the situation thinking, well, I actually like him. So I'm gonna side with him more. He's more of a friend to me. Does more of that, meaning say, say for example, cowboy. Yeah. That's not how I work. I go by morals and what I stand by. And if I feel that that person's fucking gone against what I would do, then I'll stand with whoever. Do you know what I'm saying? I live by my rules. Yeah. So with that, my rules is this, and it's plain and simple. If anybody chooses to fight one of my teammates. I want to fight you. That shit, like, I fucking, people that know me that I've been in the corner, I've, I've been in the corner with other guys. If, like, say, we're a team, you're on my team, you represent Jackson Wing, and then someone comes in and they now challenging to fight you, I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. I, I want to I wanna punch him right there and then. Like, I, I automatically get really protective. Like, it's my team. Like, t- I was cornering Tyson Pedro in his last fight against OSP. And after, I just wanted to run up and punch OSP straight in the face. Love the I think he's a really polite, really nice guy, <laughs> but he just beat my friend. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck yeah. you, like, like, straight up. So, the whole situation with Cowboy and Perry, I think there's two sides to the story. I think you've got Wink. Wink's got his reasons why he's why he's done it. And I, I kind of see, I can see some of what Wink's saying. As yeah, okay. What's Wink's? I haven't. Wink's basically around saying, "Cowboy, I've not been in your corner." It's in fact because there's some like there's people listening. I know about one particular mate who's yeah. uh, he's he's he doesn't do. He's still in. He's still in. He's two power now. He's CMD, but he's on about getting the jujitsu. Ju- ju- he's got some limitations on what he can do because he's got some injuries, quite injuries. <clears throat> but BJJ, he's in, you get around him, a lot of conversation. But um, he's mad. He's mm. fucking mad in the UFC. Mate. He's mad, and he's all, he's all family actually. And he'd be listening to this. Um, but apart from him, just as I understand the situation with this thing, who are MMA fans, he's had, um, as I understand it, new guy, so there's a gym, as yeah. a fucking tight gym, which is what when you said earlier, yeah. you're talking about like family, brother, family. Yeah. I was thinking, well, that's why you're Jackson Wing, or that's yeah. why you're with uh, Cowboy, mm-hmm. Cowboy's team, right? Um, or covers group, you know. Yeah. Um, and then so then a new guy comes in to the gym, and uh, he says he, he calls out Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Says he wants to fight Cowboy. Yeah. Cowboy says, uh, "You just come. Th- this should be happening. You just come to the gym. You shouldn't mm. be able to fucking do that. And if you're gonna come in with that attitude to this gym where we're a fucking family, you should be fucked off from the gym. Yeah. So the gym owner should go, 
wrong attitude, dickhead. You come in here to be part of the family. Right. That's not to say people can't fight each other in the gym. No, exactly. That happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, exactly. In the right circumstance, with the right attitude, then walking up the street and go and fight you. Fuck right. So, and then, and then, Wink, Winkleman sided with the new guy. Yeah. So that's what it looks like, and that's pretty much Winkleman being the gym owner. Right? Yeah, yeah. Winkle John, he's Winkleman. Winkleman. Yeah. Sorry. Winkle John. Um. Yeah, he's he's the main man of Jackson Wink. Everyone thinks it's Greg Jackson, but it's actually Winkle John. But they're both they're both together. It's very complicated, but they're basically Jackson Wink. Right? They both built an empire together. Okay, so yeah, from the outside point of view, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like Perry shows up for one camp, calls out Cowboy. Yeah, fuck Cowboy, and now yeah, I'm going in Perry's corner. So. This is how I would handle the situation. Okay, before I know anything, this is, how, this is exactly how I would handle the situation. If my if it was my gym and I was a gym owner, and Mike Perry walked into my gym and was like, can I train it? And he was like, yep, we welcome you, train. He'd done one camp and he'd come very close to Frank Lester, which is also a good friend of mine. He's a military man, a US military man. Is he really? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a boxing coach, aren't he? Yeah, he's crazy. He's yeah. a crazy fucker. Um, Stanley Rack and that. Um, Good guy at heart, real, real good guy. Good, great coach. Like, but he got close to Perry, and the kind everyone kind of knew that that fight could possibly happen. Cowboy Perry, before he called him out. Yeah, before he like called him out. Because Perry's wild, isn't he? Yeah, per, Perry's wild. Started fighting, and Cowboy's yeah. fucking wild. Yeah, and they both see him. Wait yeah, us. so so basically, right? Look at right. Perry comes in. Does a camp there, enjoys it, gets the phone call, you wanna fight a cowboy. Perry's baby, Perry ain't gonna turn down a fight. Uh, was it no call out then? I don't think it was a call out. It wasn't like a call out like, oh yeah, I wanna fight him. It was okay. more, that's what got put on the table. This is the thing. Regardless of cowboy, if cowboy said, yeah, I'll take the fight straight away. You gotta understand, if cowboy's throwing you offer him any person in the gym. If you if he got offered a teammate, say like Carlos Condit, right? Then I think Cowboys sit around and be like, "Fuck, why from Carlos? My teammate, of course, like, like, like whatever, yeah." But if the fact that Perry got offered to him and he's like, "Fuck, Perry just done one camp here," he's not gonna fucking be a little bitch and be like, "No, he's he's our team," because he's not our team yet. What's like, Perry? What's Perry's fight history with the RC before that? He's had a few fights. He's had a good few fights. So, but I just think like with with Perry coming to the gym, I would turn around. If I was the boss man, I would turn around and go, "Do you know what, Perry? Fair play. Yeah, you've agreed to fight Cowboy. You both agreed to fight each other. That's great. But guess what? Cowboy has been representing our gym for years. Everybody knows Cowboy is associated with Jackson Wink. Okay, regardless if you don't have Wink in his corner, he still has." put Jackson Wink on his back and he still has Greg Jackson in his corner mm -hmm. okay so I would have turned around and said Perry you know what for this camp because you have chosen to fight Cowboy you need to do your camp in Vegas but you're not coming in here yeah. and doing it after you fought we shake hands and you're welcome onto the team but we got to stand by our fighter because our lot is with our team that one thing for me teaches what teaches Mike Perry doesn't it Mike Perry's going to figure out respect that like, yeah, I've got to earn it. I'm going to fight one of their gladiators. Then I'm going to be accepted onto the team. So, my my head's like, 
that's what Wink and that's what Greg Jackson's. If it was mine, that's what I would have done. Because in my head, like, now you've got to kind of think like, is Perry gonna sit there and be like, oh, by the way, fucking, they just will he sit there and think, oh, they just pretty much fucking gone got them in my corner and that fuck fucking cowboy. But would it also think in his head, is that gonna be me in a few years? Are they gonna throw me? That's I, I was thinking the, the same thing earlier. I was thinking the same. I was right? thinking oh, if that's if they could do it, a cowboy. Exactly, exactly. Like will Perry be sitting there thinking that? Exactly. So. In my head, I'm like, it's not great business. And 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 do you know, what? Do you know, yeah, do you know, an, an, another thing, like you got to think of all your youth underneath you, all your amateurs, all your aspiring guys like me, people that have, they got better money. I've been going out there four years. I pay my flight ticket, go over there, I put the hours in, I help any. You got yeah, what? Uh, second, I've been going out there four years. Oh yeah. I pay, it's a lot of money to do. I go out there and I put the dedication in and I call them my team and, and, and that's my home, do you know? I literally feel that's my home. I miss it within a week of being back here. I miss, miss all of them out there and all the guys out there. So what message, by doing that move, what message do you send to your amateurs and your pros and your aspiring people that want to wanna be looked upon and think? It, it kind of put a thought of doubt I believe in everyone's head. Like everyone would be kind of like, <coughs> oh man. Well, loyalty should go both ways. Yeah. Not just your loyalty to them; it should go down the way as well. And and and, 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 and it's, the the it's the same. Yeah. It's, it's the same up. Loyalty should be commanders. Commanders yeah. loyalty should be down. So yes. now you come back and think, right? You got Frank Lester with Cowboys Friday. Frank Lester's been Cowboys Friday's mate, training partner. Knows everything about Cowboy. Everything. Unless it's training Perry. And Alice is training Perry. But who? But that, was that decision not um, Winkle Johns? No, for, for, to let Perry fight in the gym. No, okay. oh yeah, uh, train in the gym, train in the gym. Oh yeah, yeah. He's turned around and said, "Oh, you can train here because they got caught on because Cowboy set up his own place." In the yeah, room. Cowboy don't really train down there that much. He just he just sparred there now and again. He goes down there and spar. He doesn't train as much as what people would like. So basically, you imagine you got you got Frank Lester now saying like. Frank's basically got a message from Cowboy basically saying, yeah, yeah, it's fine, like, whatever, you take the fight, it's a fight. But personally, I'm kind of thinking, like, is that a test from Cowboy to see where your head's at, Frank? Like, mm. like me, personally, right? Me, me personally, like, again, like, this is not me saying, fuck you, Frank Lester, you're a cunt, or fuck you, Wing John. I'm not saying that. Like, every person's different and everybody has their reasons for why they do it. I can't speak for their reasons, so I wouldn't, Judge him. I'm just saying if it was me, how I would have handled it, if it was me training Perry and Cowboy messaged me and said, I'm fighting fucking Perry, I'd go, okay, that's fine. I would ring Perry up, me personally, and say, Perry, you know what? You know, because Frank and Perry got a great relationship and I knew them two were bonded because they're both fucking crazy fuckers. Like, I knew that they have a great bond. They work well together. They're, they're good for each other and they are. And I think like, to, to find to be a coach like Frank and he is really pushing hard in, in the coach world and he, want, he wants to make a name for himself and he's doing a great job for him to find a student and to have that bond with that's special and I think Frank really wants to keep that but me regardless of how much bond I have with this guy who's only had one camp my look is a cowboy I straight away would have told cowboy do you know what cowboy you're fighting Perry okay fuck tomorrow because I'm not going to get paid but you can't put fucking price on Lloyd I don't give a fuck. You can. You can't give. There's no, not you're no amount of money. Come, Lloyd. So what I think, Frank, 
If I was Frank, what I would have done is gone, Perry, do you know what? Stick to your own camp down there. But you've got to understand, brother, in two years' time, when you're back here, I'll do the same for you. But I can't turn my back on Cowboy. I know Cowboy's weaknesses. I know this, I know that. I can't now train you to beat Cowboy. Because this is how I look at Everyone knows Cowboy Cowboy has been up high. He went on like, another fight win streak. He's got, he's got fucking the best records in the UFC. But he's had a rough term the last few fights. That's no lie. The, the records don't lie. The, mm-hmm. the facts don't lie. So for me, I'm like, I want my brother Cowboy to do as well as he can. I want him to get as much money out of the UFC and food on his table. But if you keep losing, your stock value goes down. So why do I want to be sat on the opposite side of the cage watching someone, I'm training someone to come and fucking take food from your table, Cowboy. That's how I look at it. It's black and white. Cowboy, I don't give a fuck. I'm standing with you. I'm not going, regardless if it's just a fight and we're muckers, it's not. Cowboy, you're, you're on a rocky patch at the minute. Like you've been up, you've cut losses, cut the wins. But everyone knows in in the fight game, your your stocks go down the more you lose and whatnot. So I don't want to have any influence on my friend, my buddy, whatsoever. I want to make sure you win. So for me, that's what I would have done. I would have said to Perry, no Perry, you know, I'm not going to train you. Regardless how tight we are, I'm not training you. Cowboy's my brother. He's done a lot for me. I mean, again, Sam, I don't know exactly the relationship between Frank and Cowboy. From what I see, it's a fucking strong one, and I can't believe it's happened. But I'm saying, if what would I do in this situation? And I think one thing that society and the world lacks in today's world is the thing that the one thing you can never buy is loyalty. You, you just can't buy loyalty. And I'm really stunned by that. So. I'm this, gutted. It's really fucking mm, fucked me up. This mm, whole situation. Surprised me. I mean, um, the I understand what you're saying, but loyally, 100. percent There's a, there's there's another perspective to look at, and um, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. No, yeah, I fuck those mate. The problem is you. It's a bunch of information. There's a bunch of behind the scenes relationships. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's, it's like, been hard for me to talk. On the surface, Frank and Kyle looks on the ball. It probably is on the ball. I, I well, I. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like a great business move by like uh, Jackson Wink, and I'm talking to Jackson and Wink with John to be doing it, uh, unless, unless, and this again, just this perspective, and fucking, I I know fuck all about you, mate. You've been out a million times, in yeah, right? But the only way I can see him, be, him being a good move to do this and go, by the way, Cowboy Cerrone, with all your massive, massive following, and the 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 respect you have and, and the respect yeah. you bring to the gyms by, by being part of it yeah you know and uh, and the money you bring in by that indirectly because yeah. people come because cowboy trains there because Holly yeah. Holly trains there yeah fucking right. bones trains there you know what I mean yeah. it's like is if they is if by him get go moving to the ranch get, starting training more on his own ranch and I I, I listen yeah I listen to him I understand the reasons he did it. And it wasn't because he he wanted to stop being part of Jackson Wink. It was just his own it was men, mental thing. It was him yeah. put, like just Cowboy's crazy. He don't, he don't know where the fuck he's gonna be. The yeah. fuck is on the lake. Yeah. Like we yeah. go yeah. on the yeah. lake yeah. and then yeah. go back and train. Yeah. yeah. So um, so maybe by him doing that, it was a kind of a case of uh, Wink with John thinking, fucking hell, he's he's gonna end up jumping ship. Yeah. This is this is all the signs are there. Yeah. Do we need, should we still invest so much in him, or should we look at the up and coming yeah. person who could well be beat the person to beat him? 
There you go. And this, yeah, I, I'm just so, saying, no. Yeah, so you're right. right. That's a business perspective. Yeah, it leads aside the loyalty. Yeah. You know, so it's a simple, it's a simple perspective. It mate. is. You know, so well, so this is it, right? So that's my take. I'll just give you my take on what I first look, how I first look at it, and I'm saying yes. Like I'm fucking team cowboy at the minute. Like I don't like fucking Mike Perry. Like fuck you, Mike Perry, straight mm. up. Mm. You look like a fucking hillbilly. And I can't wait till fucking Calvin puts his shin across your face and knocks your fucking dodgy haircut, your fucking trailer park cunt off you. Like, fuck you, cunt. Straight up, they're my words to Perry. And if I saw Perry, I'd fucking, if I saw Perry right now, I'd say that to him. Mm. Why? Because you're fighting my mate. Fuck you. Like, and I'll do that if <clears throat> fucking Frank Lester's there and his opponent's there. Anyone's there. I'm not doing it because I'm licking Calvin's ass. No, I certainly don't do that. But it's because I'm loyal. Like, fuck you. You're, you're, like, let's fight. Suppose in a way, like you say, like Nate Diaz and that, you don't fucking come up their team without fighting their whole fucking team. <laughs> yeah. That's just me. That's the way I am. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck Perry. But now, let's go over to Wink's side. Yeah. And from what I've heard, from what I've heard, how Wink looks at it. And yeah, I can understand where Wink's coming from. So, Wink looks at it. So, Wink's not in Cowboy's corner. Him and Cowboy, I can't really talk too much on their relationship because again don't know but where you got to look at it is this Wink feels that Cowboy's not in the gym enough don't come down enough he only comes down for himself when he's in fights won't come down to the gym and chain with other guys in camp because when Cowboy's not in camp Cowboy's gallivanting and doing what he wants so Wink kind of looks at it and goes you, you're not, you don't actually fucking help the gym much yeah okay you're a Cowboy but you don't help the gym. You don't have me in your corner. We don't make no money off him. Yeah, but Cowboy's a fighter. I know, but but this is what you got to look at, right? When there's other guys in there, Holly, fucking Diego Sanchez, yeah. um, Michelle Orson, Jody Escobar, um, Carlos Condit. There's there's quite a few other fighters that are there a lot more than say what Cowboy is. So for the team, thing. yeah, for the team, for mm -hmm. for people like me. For other people, like um, they're there continuously. So, yeah, Wink's kind of like, do you know, what, cowboy, you're always up at the ranch. You're always taking guys from here to come and spy you up there. You don't fucking, you haven't got much vibe towards me or whatnot. You don't have me in your corner. I don't make no money off you. Perry's come down and done a camp with us, and we got on well. And he wants to come back and work with me. Yeah, I'm fucking up. Mm. Like, fuck yeah, this, I'm yeah, going in Perry's corner. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I can understand Wink's frustration. And I still think how it's been handled wrong. But do you know what I feel? This was could have been the right time. For, it took something like this to happen for then Wink to go, do you know what? Bring Cowboy in. Bring Greg in. Brandon, like the main coaches. Sit Cowboy down. And let's talk about this situation. And then Wink maybe could have addressed it like, Cowboy, these are the reasons why I think I should go in Mike's corner. Because what are you doing? You don't, you're not coming down to help you. All the things that Wink's upset with, he could have had it out with Cowboy there and then. And they could have all come to an understanding properly, like men. And then this whole, I think the whole situation could be handled a lot easier. If that meant Wink turn around and go, that's fine, I'm not going to go in Perry's corner there, this, this camp. You're going to fight him. We stand by, but we want more from you, Cowboy. We want you to do do this or do that. Invest yourself more. Yeah, it, like invest yourself more. But then, 
Like maybe I think that chat should have happened, and it was the right time for that chat to should have happened. That that meeting should have happened before going away. The, about the way it was did. it something in the air beforehand? Was it? Huh? Was it something in the air beforehand? What between them two? Oh, just in general. In general. I, don't, I don't. I think I don't know. Uh, is 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 is, is um, was cowboy like the like the fucking dad? Yeah, like listen. At one point, it was only cowboy really fine. You you had you. You had, I think Cowboy took like four or five, five four fights in like one year, five yeah. fights in one year. So you've got to think, Cowboy was the only one, really. Like, regardless of Cowboy and everyone knows BMF, everyone knows Cowboy is Jackson Wink. Everyone knows that. And that's why when it, the uproar, look at the fucking uproar. Everyone fucking went in on Jackson Wink. You turn your back on Cowboy, you fucking rah, 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 and all this. Like, regardless of, like, I think what you, you hit an arrow on the head. So many people will come to Jackson Wink because Cowboy's own trains there. Even though he don't train there much, and, like, and he could train there more. It's association. It's association. He's association. He's associated, Cowboy's only, BMF Ranch, all of that is associated with Jackson Wink, regardless of how you look at it. And I know one thing I will say, right, is Cowboy's one of the most generous people, not just to people that he likes a lot, myself and a few others, but he's generous to everyone. Like, Cowboy will, yeah, don't get me wrong, it's like, anyone want to come out on my boat on the weekend, anyone from the gym and fighting camp, they can come. Anyone want to come to the ranch, train, they can come. You want to come, barbecue, you come. You want to come shooting, do it. He's very, very generous like that, and he will do anything for people like that. He, he's very welcoming like that. But, <clears throat> I suppose what Wink sees it is like, all that, invest that into the gym by you being here and just training in every day class. But then it, it's such a, there's so much to it because then it's like, Cowboy's yeah, got a life, he's got a kid now, he's got to think of that. It's bigger than possible. Cowboy's fucking smashing fucking, he's going to be next fucking Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's, he, was an, he was an equaliser too. He's was like, he? Yeah. Oh, he's in it? Yeah, he's, he's in that film. Mate, he's been in a few big films. He just signed another big film. Which I can't say what it is, but he's... He's doing it, so he's got, when he's not fighting, he's fucking Mosulam fucked off elsewhere. I just think this whole situation could have been handled a lot easier because unless there's an actual, someone to speak out and actually address it properly, like maybe sit down, maybe, I don't know if it's happened, but as the coaches from weeks sat down with all the fighters, because that's who you got to worry about. That's what you got to worry. you got to worry about your foundations. You're, you're building, you're... <coughs> Um, your gym for example is only as strong as its foundations and your foundations are your amateurs and mm. your guys that are coming through so you need to reassure them that what's happened happened and let them make sure that they understand because if they don't understand and they just sit back and think oh fuck me Jackson Williams done a right wrong cowboy they just threw him on a bus because they think fucking Mike Perry they're just thinking that because that's what everyone's saying but then could be the other way. Oh, fuck, fuck off, cowboy. Like, cow, cowboy's fucking done, done like nothing. Up, um... So he needs to just address it. And I just think the one thing in the fight game is such a lonely sport and it, it's upsetting. And trust me, the reason why we do it because we've had a taste of winning. And once you fucking hit the highs, it does. But when it's low and it's down, and the worst thing you want to do in the fight game is feel that you've just been turfed out because you're on your way out and you're not doing that well now. Like, reject, rejection is the fucking it's the evil in all evil that leads to all mm. dark roads so it'd be interesting if um, Joe Rogan gets um, Jackson and Wink gone I don't think he will do you reckon 
I don't, I don't think they would go on. Well, they were due to go on. They were due that week. Yeah. And they were due to go on. And Cowboy went on instead. Better tell them. Like, it, would, they, it would do them good to go on. Because the thing is, you're on about the amateurs and the, and, you know, the amateurs and the new dads and young ladies and fucking coming up. They only get to the gym because of the gym reputation. At the minute, exactly. it's fucked, mate. At the minute, it's fucked. The reputation must be fucked. It must be fucked. Well, do you know what? To be to be honest with you, from what I've seen, it's fucking it's good. You're surprising me from what like everybody thinks. Like you just said there, no, the gym's fucked. The reputation's fucked. The vibe must be fucked. From what I'm from what I'm seeing, I mean, it could be all the front. I don't know because I haven't been out there since, and I won't go out there until after. I'm gonna until after what? Until after Gabbard's fault. Oh, when is it? Uh, he's fine November tenth. Okay. So I'm probably going to be there with Cowboy. But it, it's you won't know if the repetition if the if the repetition has been fucked with Jackson Wink for mm. months because it'll be the, the tale will be told in the amount of new members the amount. But of then also, what you got to think? Don't, don't don't get me wrong. Cowboys a massive pull, but then you got to think. Look at all the other fighters you got in there. They're also massive pulls. So you imagine you've got ten fighters. And don't get me wrong, like, say those 10 fighters don't individually bring mm. more pull than Cowboy, mm. but if you had all those 10 out, they'd bring more than Cowboy. So yeah. you've only technically, if you look at the odds, you're yeah. losing Cowboy, but John Jones is back. He brings enough fucking good fight. Like, <coughs> he's on the max. Is he still training though, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's another thing, like John was all obviously getting his shit together. Like with all the shit that went on with him, John went in the gym, training still. He wasn't training at all. John only come into the gym and trained now because he's allowed to, but he didn't stick out and train and still help with the other guys. So could you look at him and say, why the fuck ain't John, John ain't fucking been there? Why ain't John still in the gym trying to help these other guys? Money. But then again, John's got his own shit to sort out. I'm not, ta- I'm not saying, John, you're a fucking arsehole, you should have been in the gym. But what I am saying is that everyone has their reasons to why they can't be in the gym as much. Mm-hmm. And especially like the higher profile fight that you get, like Cowboy and that, who's not just a fighter, like you say, he's a fucking movie star now. He does, Cowboy's got so many commitments because he's got such good sponsorships. He's all over the place. So. Well, he lives like how he, how he wants to live it. Yeah, it's just, mate, it's, it was just a real sad time because, you know what, like, it's sad for me because I just feel like since leaving the army, fucking loyalty's just fuck all. And trust is fuck all. And, and I see it daily, daily in, in society nowadays. There's nothing. I, I don't get me. Lord, it's, it's fucking black and white. It's it's not. It, well, look, it's it's there. The problem is that when when you're in, is that um, it's not a problem. The good thing is that when you're in, generally, that there is a higher percentage of the the the, the, the group of people you associate with, whether you're forced to or not. And by forced, I mean living next to a fucking guy because you have to live next to a guy because that's the fucking room you got, or whatever. And there's a higher percentage of people when you're in are more loyal than what the average is yeah. then when you get out but there are uh, elements that are not loyal um, oh, and, yeah. when, and when you get out um, you, that, that percent, the, 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 the general like average of fucking the loyalty factor if you like is less but it's how it's the, the trick is knowing who to associate with how much to entrust with each person when I say how much to Interest with each person. How much? How much do you emotionally invest with them? You know. Mm. So the more you, the more you, you, the more you learn about something, the more you've got to trust them. The more you can 
eat, the more you can invest in it emotionally and go, you're a fucking mate. My, my old man used to say when I was growing up, it's like fucking, you probably hear something similar. He used to say, you, you, you can count your friends on fucking out, you can write them all down. He said, throughout your entire life, at any one point in your life, you'll be able to count your real friends on one hand. Because mm. there's no fucking way, and your real friends are the people. Your real friends are the people. If I, if I, in the middle of this podcast now, if I rang up, if I think, if I rang up someone, went, I need, a, I need it now. Yeah. Whatever the help may be, I need you to come here. Yeah, just come. I need money. Yeah. I need this. I need that. Yeah. They went. I'm doing it. Phone down. Even if they couldn't do it, they go off the phone. And go. He needs ten grand. I'm gonna fucking find a way. Yeah. Or he needs yeah, to get yeah, 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 right. fucking six hours away. That's what, get you. Yeah. Need to find a way. That's what I always say. How many people know? Can you think you do that? Yeah, I'm not exactly. asking. You to no, think no, about. exactly. It's no, like, you're right. Fucking hell. And mate. you know what? And that's what fucking upsets me most because I'm telling you now, for the people that know me, know that they can ring me in any situation. I don't give a fuck. Don't tell me until I get there. Tell me you're in Scotland and you need me to come now, and I'll drive fucking ten hours. Why even question it? You tell me that I really, really need you, mate, to come here. Oh, I'm coming out. And I could say to my family, look, I'm, I'm going away. I've got to sort something out. Why? I don't know. I'll find out when I get there. I think it's a discovery. Uh, that's just my mindset. No, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that won't change. You know one thing my brother said to me, right? And I'll bring this up here because I think it's so fucking powerful. I got let down, right, a lot. Oh, I'm coming to your fight. I'm coming to your fight. I have people that fucking 45 minutes to fucking truck to from Mars. And they can't come there. I've got cunts flying in from Canada and fucking all over the world to come watch me fight mm. and anyway loads, loads of times mates oh yeah I can't watch you fight come to you can't watch you fight oh I can't I've got no money okay but you can go out on the piss every weekend and buy a ticket and get fucking coats like you had but you can't, can't, can't come to support me bear in mind you know I support you and everything you do and I've given you eight weeks to let you know so I said I've had enough and I went for a right low patch and I said to my brother and I said I'm going to just fucking do what all these you're a chair for I was like, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what all of these fuckers do, and I'm gonna let them down. And my brother said to me, he said, "What? So you're gonna become the person you hate?" And I went, "What do you mean?" He was like, "That's what you're gonna do." He said, "You're gonna do and treat people like how they treat you, like let them down and see how they like it." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking sick of it." He said, "Why?" He said, "Do you think what you are is a good person?" I said, "Yeah, I think like it's a friend, a friend and that, hundred percent." And he said, "So why would you want to change?" the thing that's good about you to say that you don't like your numbers like don't become what you hate he said carry on being what you've been but just one thing change don't expect your expectations of people forget about it understand if you're gonna <laughs> let, if you're gonna buy him fucking take him out of the piss of your skin and buy him around a bit and take him out for the night you're doing that because you want to do that for him for you like that's what you do but don't do it because you expect he'll do it for you one day mm. because then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, mm. carry, carry on being yourself. Always be yourself. And if it means you get let down, be let down. The only thing that upsets you about being let down is because you expected more. The moment you realise not to expect, you're kind of like, oh, but I need that anyway. Yeah. You, know, but, you know what's behind that door. You're not fucking yeah, surprised, absolutely. right? So, and I was like, sat there and I fucking thought about it. But you know what, you're right. Like, I'm not going to... That's, that's, that's true goodness, mate. It's like, yeah. if you, that, that doing something... Because you expect something back. That's business. Yeah. That's that's restricted to business. Yeah. Fucking business. Yeah. You know. I don't. I don't. It's like uh, you don't give him a tramp in the street a fucking pound or a cup of coffee because you want him to go. Oh, thanks, mate. And then every time you walk past it, thanks, yeah. mate. That, you don't do it for the gratitude. Or take it's a like, fucking video of you doing it yeah, on exactly. Instagram. Uh, um, um, like 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 uh, I give you a fucking I give you a perfect example of this. Like like a low level scale of kids. 
It's like, um, but I got two daughters, yeah. And when you're younger, it's like you're one of them, they piss you off, yeah. Do something, yeah. You go, you apologize to her, and or so that you train that in you apologize, apologize. As they get older, as they were getting older, it's like apologize, and then one of them apologize, kick off because the other one, I acknowledge the apology, yeah. It's like, I said sorry, yeah, I said sorry, you know. Yeah. I said sorry. Well, no, no, no. You didn't say sorry. We don't say sorry. You want to say it back? Say sorry because you want to say. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're not saying sorry right? for you. More fool her if she's not going. Okay, I accept there was an issue. Yeah, you're an arsehole. Yeah, comes the arsehole of their age. But it's like you, you, you know, you don't. It's um that that's the same thing. It's like if if you're doing something, if you're doing something positive, mm. it shouldn't be because you want something positive yep. back. 100%. Emotionally, emotionally, 100%. because it's not fucking good. It's not like. Uh, it's just not good, mate. It's no, not it's good. not. You're right. And yeah, so. But that's. It's, just, it's fact. It's completely yeah. fucking false. And that is how now, like, I, I took down board and I live by that and I think, you know, I'm going to stick to what. I've got, I got things that I live by and what I would do. And with that whole Jackson Wink situation, just to like close the chapter on that, on this <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, yeah. because I don't, I, I don't know how he left it. <laughs> but. <laughs> I think you, you call that Perry, didn't you? Yeah, fucking <laughs> Perry. Yeah. Um, so the whole situation, yeah. In regards to Frank, Frank Lester's situation, he's a different man. He's got his own reasons. It could be an underlying factor why he's took it, which I haven't heard yet. Because I haven't actually spoken to Frank. I said to Frank, like, why have you actually took the fight? Mm. Like, I haven't had that conversation with him. So, no doubt, when I go to America, I will. And Frank may actually say something to me, bring light to my ears, and we go, all right, Frank, yeah. Okay, I see your point. I don't know. But... I'm the same, and the same with Wink. I haven't actually spoke to Wink. I've heard Wink's uh, statement that he put out, and I was kind of going off that. And I've, I haven't like I haven't spoke to most people, but I'm just saying what we spoke about today is all coming from how I would handle the situation and what I believe is best way give to handle. Give him what you know. Yeah, best way to handle the situation. Um, on that note, hashtag Team Cowboy knockout fucking round three. Of swell head, trailer park, ugly bastard Mike Perry. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, like after the fight, cowboy shakes around in. I'm I'm cool. Eleven ten, we go on. Um, well, yeah, that's that. No, no. I think that's 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 pretty much. That's all right. That's pretty you're simple. Saying, isn't it? You're saying. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I got it off my chest because I haven't spoken to him about it. I spoke briefly. <laughs> I spoke briefly the other day to Gibson. But I didn't just, think you'd talk about it. I thought, oh, I'm going to get in there. <laughs> no, 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 it's good because like, I think it's good because there isn't. I want to talk about it if you said we've only got an hour today. Because <laughs> then I'm like, fuck, I'll, I'll, I need to get it all that. If, if you said to me, oh, we've only got an hour, yeah. then I would have spoke about it. Because I'm like, that fucking thing can go on because I don't know how far. Because I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, fuck Winkle John or fuck Frank because I'm not saying that at all. Like, they're my team and I still represent Jackson Wink. To represent Cal. You just don't, don't know the information. But you don't know, yeah, you don't, I don't know the information. We're just saying, from what I've seen, the information provided in front of me, this is how I would have handled it. Mm. And I think the way I handled, how I handle things in that environment, in the same way with you, and I think like, you would have handled it similar to me because of our background and the way we're brought up, it's loyalty. Side with I'm not even going to I don't know. I don't know. It's loyalty, and then. You talk about business and that, but at the end of the day, if business means crossing over on loyalty, go with loyalty, sort it out, then talk business. 
But then you got the other side of fighters, as you fucking know this, right? Mm. Is that um, is that it? And you mentioned that it's a very lonely, a lonely fucking business. It and is. you've got right. You, there is a certain amount of complete selfishness you you have to have to achieve what you achieve. Since you were going to achieve, so it's like, imagine you're in a position like um, fucking hell, mate, like Perry, or like another fight, a younger fight who's 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 a, a, an upcoming protege and you know maybe going to be part of Clara's group or whatever. Well, for, for me, it's, for me, it's pretty similar. See, if I was Mike Perry, I wouldn't have the old fucking dacity to step foot in that gym where someone's laid his fucking bed and created his fucking foundations and everything about himself, come from Jack Swing. The fact that he has the audacity to walk in at a gym and be why, like... Why can't he go in there? Why, why wouldn't he be allowed to go in a train in there? No, because like, he's fighting Calvin. But you you don't think it was a call-out. You think that we got a phone call from the UFC. Yeah, he, so he got a phone call from the UFC and they said, right, you can fight Cowboy. He said, yeah, because he's fucking big fucking mighty Perry and fucking fight anyone. Like, I respect that. But it goes back to that, self, that self, for me, selfishness thing. Have, yeah, but to come into the fucking gym... Like that—that's just fucking yeah, weird. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it's that to me. I don't like to me. Like it's also this, isn't it? It's also ah, this. So you say you think you got the call before he came in? No, he come in down one camp. Then after he got asked to fight Cowboy, right? So what I'm saying is, the moment he got asked to fight Cowboy, it, say for example, say I want to come and join your team, yeah. So I come and join your team. I do a camp. Yeah, I think yeah, it's really good. Then I get a phone call. Oh, do you want to fucking fight their, one of their top players? I'd go. All right, yeah, I'll fight him because I'll get my respect from him. But I wouldn't fucking then ring you up and be like, oh, can I still come and train with you? Because the cowboy's not there that much, but I want to train. Oh, by the way, can I have you yeah. in my corner? Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I, I think you're a muggy cunt, mate. Yeah. Like, that's muggy. Like, go fuck off back to your own team. If you're challenging one of the gladiators from the team, you, you out of all people, mm. like, not Wink, not Frank, not anyone, you, Mike Perry, know your place, should you know. know your fucking place and should go, do you know what? Wink, do you know what, Frank? I'm not even going to disrespect you, Cowboy, or anyone because I do actually value your team and I want to be a part of it, but I've accepted this fight because I want to be brought into your team the gladiator way. Mm. I want to challenge one of your men and how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back to my own team, work on my own shit, and I'm going to come with my team that I've had and I'm going to challenge the gladiator and after we fought, we're going to shake hands and please welcome me onto the team. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Perry's like a little fucking snake coming in and gone round the back. Oh, fucking Frank, want to corner me? And oh, wink, you want to corner me? Like, that's for me, that's muggy. Mm. Like, I wouldn't do that. Would you do that? No. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have the audacity. That's audacity. Like, have the audacity to do that. And that's why I think Mike he Perry's a fucking face. snake, too. Anyway. Like, he's put, he's, it's his fault. It's Mike Perry's fault. Mike Perry's fault. <laughs> now we're done. Now we're done. <laughs> Mike Perry's fault. It's his whole point. This is all Mike Perry's fault. Uh, right, how did you get? How, how did you go from uh, Abu Dhabi to? How did you end up, mate, from Abu Dhabi to going to Jacksonville? So you you were doing Abu Dhabi when you went to Abu Dhabi, you were doing blue belt and you were yeah. the UK champion and you got flipping tied up in the in the knot. By so the, by rewind. The <laughs> I've just been fucked up by a Brazilian. Tied between the legs. I walked from Abu Dhabi now broke because how did I you do you. Did you do by anaconda. No, he fucking done me 31 points and then oh, right. there was like four seconds left and I thought, yeah, this ain't <coughs> broke. <laughs> I was like, all right, just someone snapped my arm. So not only that, I tapped out with four seconds left. But to be fair, the only reason, the only reason why I tapped at that arm bar is because I looked up at the score and I thought, I'm 34 points down, there's four seconds left on the clock. 
What's I'm not going to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna, there's no one getting me out, bro. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fucker, man. Yeah. I'm done. So, yeah. Um, done that. Come back. Let's quickly take it back a little bit more. Let's go back to me. Go where you want, buddy. Waking up in the car park on my birthday. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. All right. Because I think you're like this. <laughs> so, bear in mind, I'm in my car. You're the second person. You're the second military bloke I've had in three in the last four shows. The other guy was going on Andy Watch. Andy Watch. So you know what? Technically, like I wouldn't say I was homeless because yeah. I had a car, but and I weren't homeless. I weren't like living on the streets for like months, but I was sleeping in my car at night because I didn't want to go to my aunties or my nans or anything. I just resented the world, and I felt like everyone was against me. And I thought, "Fuck this! I'll survive. I'm a fucking paratrooper," and. Also, I was an embarrassed paratrooper. I was an embarrassed man. I was like, I'm a father. I've, I've gone from. It's not really funny. Still to this day now, I love being a para. Mm. I love fucking putting that bear on my head. I get the power of fucking cockiness, everything. It's built me into what I am today. Um, but yeah, I was in a car park. And then obviously, my mind. One thing I love, do, love doing is brainstorming. Like, it's a hobby of mine. I fucking love it. And I'm fucking good at it. You know, you can't brainstorm on your own. What? Brains. <laughs> I learned this, mate. How can I you not? Say that? I do what I I'm not a bubble rabbit and I do lines off. That's brainstorming. That's fucking how you tell me that's brainstorming. You need to find it, mate. No. Fuck me, I've been telling you this time. Brainstorming is my hobby. Brainstorming, right? This is, what, this is what brainstorming is. So you get a bunch of brains. Yeah, it's got to be oh, yeah. you plus another Cold, one. Of Because we're all storming. Right, and, and I say to you, right. Um use the objective and the objective is uh, uh, we have to think of a new name for um, for something for, no we have to think of a new name for, for what? for Coca-Cola for Coca-Cola right? Mm. Uh, reasons why and all that hang on we have to think of a new name no answers no answers stupid whatever possible you read say it get written down I'll go uh, uh, bubble juice <laughs> yeah <laughs> they just pop me head yeah. bubble juice you'll write it down bubble juice da -da 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 -da. that's brainstorming all right, well, my definition of brainstorming is <laughs> this, because I swear I got told this once at school, it's always stuck in my head. Find something, and write it in the middle, draw a bubble around it, draw little sticks off it, talking mm. about it. So what I did, obviously, being a courier driver, fucking hated the job, man. I didn't mind it because I was fucking... Being what? A courier driver. Oh, courier driver. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't mind it because I, I love driving. I genuinely love driving. Like driving up to Birmingham today from Margaret, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I can like hire a car because I ain't got a car at a minute." What'd you listen to in the car? Don't know. I, my music's fucking weird, mate. Right? Go on. We'll, co we'll come back on to it, but oh, you'd never guess what I listen to. Uh, we'll come back on to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll come back on to it. But yeah, so what I did with the money I was getting, I thought, right, I need to do something entertaining, right? And bear in mind, I, I signed to my first amateur fight with my coach, right? This is 2011. 2010. Yeah. So I signed to my first amateur fight. My my Neto, my coach, was like, you're ready. And I was like, fuck it. Man, I felt like I just passed selection. I was like, yes. <laughs> fuck it, man. I was like, I'm not going to let you down. Then I'm fucking homeless living in a fucking car. <laughs> and I was like, I'm still fighting because I'm airborne. I'm like, I signed the line. I'm fucking fighting. It doesn't mm. matter if I've got broken arms and legs so bear in mind it's all going on at the time now I'm not going training because I can't afford to drive grades in because I'm like I've got a bit of work and I've got no, no, no money so now my coach is on my back 
Bah, why aren't you fighting? Why aren't you training? You think you're better than this because you won a fucking medal and all this and you're not training for the fight, you're not taking it serious, you're gonna pull out. What are you telling him? I said, no, I just can't, I'm, I'm working, I'm working. He didn't know the situation yeah. I was in. I didn't want anyone to know, I don't want you yeah. feel, feeling sorry for me. So then what happened were, I decided to buy a book from Tesco's and I know pad and pen and I thought, Do you know what? I could run a better courier company than this shit. And I wrote, in the middle, the company name that I was working for and wrote everything down that's wrong with it, yeah. how I can cor correct it, yeah. and then ha when I was correcting it, because the way I look at it, to build a company, you find a problem, you find a solution. The solutions to the problems are your new company. You're always going to beat that company. Oh, you find an existing company? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, ex it's, it's on, on existing yeah. companies. Or like something like a problem, like chairs always wobble, I just stop it. Like, do you know what I mean? Anything yeah. that's got a problem, that's a company. Yeah. So that's, that's what I did. and. Because I had so much time, I literally, before I knew it, I'd written a whole book and then I got it all typed up. Um, what do you mean, written a whole book? Like, I wrote writ a book on a courier company on how to be the best courier company. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. In your car? Oh, fuck, in my car. <laughs> and, and you know the funny thing is, honestly, I, I wrote it down. Brilliant. Pinpoint. Like, I had every petrol station, gas station for the Americans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote every station down. In the in on all my routes and basically the whole of fucking England mm. on all the prices on the cheapest one. If I'm doing this route, how can I get the cheapest fuel in my car and how I can make it? And I wrote it and I smashed it out. And it was over like two weeks. I, I fucking completed it. And I remember I only had like I had forty pound spare, and I could buy online like a guidance book on how to start a company. So I bought that yeah. to give me the breakdown of like where to fit all my shit in. And I put it all together. And then I started speaking to this mate of mine from from Margate. And I was telling him, like, oh, I work for a program. I think we should start this company. He was like, yeah, you're 100%. And then, anyway, so I've got this book. I'm like, ready to go. I'm like, yeah, we need to do it. But first of all, I need to fucking get some money. It's a fleet. <laughs> um, but I had it all there. If I took it to someone, they would look at and go, yeah, I'll buy that off you. Um, because I know it would have worked. Like, I was obsessed with it. And then, so that was my fight. When the fights come up, uh, where's the weigh-ins, and I had to be the weight, and I run my cousin up, I was like, look, I want to be really like DRJ and that, can you drive my car? And again, <coughs> I'm now panicking, thinking, he just passed his driving test, so I'm thinking, I can't fucking let him drive my car, he crashes it, he can't, that's my house. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, anyway, done the weigh-ins, it's now fight day. I paid for him, fucking fuck, I paid for him to be on my car insurance, paid for my car insurance, on the way to the venue, mm. literally about 20 minutes away from the gym, meet my coach, and then I was gonna drive to the venue. We come off Gravesend Central, down to the roundabout, we drive round the roundabout, round the roundabout, go right, so we're turning around, and my cousin is like, as if he's going back on the motorway, I said, like, oh, you mad, come down down there. So he's tried winging it, oh. fucking 50 mile an hour, straight or 40 minor straight through these fucking metal bollards like but it's only hit my side of the car leg boom smashed cramped up in the car my knee's gone all swollen and fat like fucking done my head off the dashboard like fucking raging my car is smoking what car is it I know Cleo. It was a yeah. my first ever car. You were living in a Cleo? Yeah. <laughs> a Renault Cleo. Yeah, Renault. And um I remember fucking Looking at it, and I was just thinking, I'll put you on a car insurance. 
to be safe and you've just crashed my car and I can't stay in that no more when I'm fucking <laughs> and I'm, then I'm thinking and I can't get to work because <laughs> it's only fucking technically at least half an hour away so I was like mm, I better make it in the fight game right <laughs> so and then I run my coach up and I was like oh by the way I've just had a car crash and he went oh I was waiting for the excuse for you to put up I went, I'll fucking still be there mm. don't fucking you, you should know me I'll be there he was like alright well I'll see you at the venue whatever bye I'm like, what moody is fucking me? I was like, fuck you, please turn up. They're like, oh, I said, listen, mate, I've got to hurry up, mate. Can you just put tape around it? We're going, I've got a fight to get to. And they were like, listen, I can pick apart this car. I said, I don't give a fuck. And I just said that at you. The coppers, the, the police officers, were just being <coughs> dicks, going, that's a bold time. I was like, whatever, I mean, deal with it, give me points. I really don't give a fuck, I need to go. Ended up leaving, got to the venue, fucking, my fight was pretty much there. I walked in, my coach was like, fucking call this like probably it's my shittest fucking relationship we had right now because he hated me Brazilian he's that old school you train hard and all that and I yeah. didn't train for the fight and then I was going to look and my knee was like a fucking balloon now and I showed him the picture of the car and said I'm not lying my car's fucked he went alright come on we've got to go out and fight so I was alright went out fought fucking beat the guy in the second round um, dropped him in the head kick and the funniest thing with the head kick I'd never thrown a head kick in my life and I said to my coach, like, I didn't train, no, because I weren't trained, I didn't train. And I'd, I only literally switched over to MMA and I'd never thrown a proper head kick. And I remember saying to my coach at the time, I'm gonna throw a head kick. And he went, don't fucking throw a head kick. I come out, <laughs> I throw a head kick and I dropped him. And I, I looked at him, I was like, oh, he was him. And I ran over and I fucking, it went on the floor and ended up submitting him and I won my fight. And at the time my ex-girlfriend, she was there. Um, because obviously we weren't together. My mother and my kids was there and I had a few family there because I made a bundle of tickets and yeah, obviously me won that fight. I won my chick back, didn't I? So I was like, sweet. <laughs> you were? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I had, I, I end up moving back home, like I'm moving in with her. Money and bitches. Yeah. So fucking <laughs> money, bitches, crash car. But yeah, and then I, I just fucking got on to the fight and then do you know what I did? I got home and I was so pumped through fighting in there, I was like, this is my passion, man. This is, like, I've never felt anything like it. Like, it was such a sick fight. Like, even though it was probably the most shittest fight you could probably get, if I pulled it up, like, I hadn't even got it and everything anymore. But if I, if I could show you the fight now, it's the most shittest fight you've probably ever seen. Mm. But it's my favorite fight because mm. of everything that went on and it mm. gives me the fuel and the passion to change my whole life to a whole new level. And I literally woke up that couple of days later and I was like, right, I want to do this crow coming. I was like, I woke up next day and I was like, fuck being a crow driver. What a boring <laughs> fucking life. I literally, what a boring life that is. That is shit. So I grabbed the booklet. I walked around to my friends. I went, there you go, you can have it. He went, what? I went, have it. He went, you're going to do it. I went, nah. I said, you do it. You do it. I went, really? I went, that fucking trust me, that'll work. That company there will work. Go, kill it. Done. Went back home brainstormed again <laughs> so I've written in the middle what I'm passionate about and it was MMA yeah and then off MMA I was like what's missing from around my town promotion gym clothing range because clothing at the time when MMA first started that it was really really took off because the amount of uh, affliction tap out and all that well it was different sponsors different. Well for UFC, yeah different it? yeah it was a sponsor it was like yeah. fucking there's a lot cool kit make it cool I had oh. some stuff through with it yesterday. Mate, <laughs> fuck. They made loads of money. So, 
I start. I thought, you know what? I started with gym, but I thought, no, nah, I'm not. I knew I won't. Even though I was, to people that have never done it before, they look at me like I'm a fucking the next fucking Steven Seagal, mate. Like I'm a badass motherfucker. Yeah. But I knew, in the world of MMA, I'm a fucking pussy, mate. Like I'm way down there. Like I, I, I knew that I felt good teaching people, and people go, wow, look at that armbar, look at that triangle. Oh my god, this guy, look at this contrite big guy. Yeah, it felt great. But I've had humble pie. <laughs> yeah. And I know <laughs> what it tastes like. So I knew no matter how much these guys praise me, I knew that there's a lot more scarier guys in the MMA world. Yeah. So for me, I was like, I'm not ready to teach yet. Like, I'm good, but um, I've got so much more to go. And plus, I want to build a legacy. Like, gyms, gyms aren't successful because it's the most high-tech gym and there's all the right equipment there. A gym, for me, and I always remember Kieran Kettle saying it to me. Um, he used to, it was Semtex and him, him and Steve... Uh, Gladstone, who the founder of Semtex, they split up. Um, was Semtex an MMA gym? Was it BJ? It was a Muay gym. Oh, really? And then he, yeah, it was Steve Gladstone Muay gym, and he had uh, Valmy Neto come in and teach jiu-jitsu and MMA. And Kieran Kettle was his boy, like kind of fire growing up. And yeah, basically Kieran wanted to go and start his own gym, so Kieran now, now runs Double K Muay gym, which is, to be fair, one of the best gyms in the country. Charlie Peters is oh, there. Uh, yeah, is uh, London, South yeah. London. Um, Charlie Peters, he's like Kieran's golden boy. He's just number one uh, K1 Muay Thai fighter in 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 the UK, England, and I think the world now. It's fucking honestly in kids' piece. But yeah, so I remember him turning around his hand to me. <clears throat> A gym isn't built on money and what it's built on reputation or what fighters you produce. What you're producing, what walks out and represents your gym, is what brings people into your gym. Okay, so and I remember him saying it to me, and I thought, you know what? I will teach when I've got to a level where I've earned the reputation from people and from myself, which I have now. I have a very good reputation now, not only with being a good fighter, um, but also being a really good coach. Do you need public reputation as well? Public, public. Um uh, yeah, being on, in the public eye, you know, and that's not, I'm not taking away from what you've achieved, mate. Just, uh, you know, um, being a public figure, being that, having that sort of almost celebrity status, like, uh, like, I know what you're saying, like, to be honest, you come into my hood, my, uh, my little fucking. I mean, the only reason I'm saying that is, yeah. is, is I'm saying that to, 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 from a business perspective, to have that, um, to to help you with the PR, to help you with the marketing. If well, do, what, so what was the question? I was suggesting that um, does not also help to have the the, the the public oh image the public relations. Yeah. The, the, the oh image. yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So well, that's like, what I. That's that is what you need. Like so for this, right? You come down into my area and you went out. I always say like go out on a night out, or you was to put on Facebook. Say you move to Fanet and you, like, obviously you're on Facebook, so you're starting to tell those people from Facebook area, you know, and you just put up, does anyone know much about MMA? I want to get into it. I'm telling you that every person in the whole of Fanet will go see camera out. Mm. Like, I'm the only fighter actively, really, from my area. I'm the only guy, I'm the only pro fighter that's got to the level that I have. I fought on Caterers, I fought on Bama, I fought on Bellator, I've signed a Bellator obviously for a year. Um, I fought on all the best shows in Europe that Europe have to offer. 
obviously Bellator being, was the, big, the second still you can still say it's the second biggest in the world I fought on them I haven't just fought on them but I've got dominant victories on all of them so in the terms of and then I'm signed to Jackson Wink um, I represent BMF or Cowboy and that like you don't get to BMF, uh, BMF is bad motherfuckers that's what Cowboy's got slogan is BMF group. <laughs> Right. He doesn't give a fuck, does he? He doesn't, no. he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he don't, mate. Bad motherfuckers. I love it. He's so... He, honestly, he's a cracks yeah, me up. He's, cool. he's a funny fucker. He, he is a funny fucker. Um, Your next fight? We'll get on Soon, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I've, I've done all that. Like, and I've, I'm out of Jackson Wink and I proved it. Like, don't be funny. You got Jackson Wink. I'm on the victory wall. There's me with my arms. I've got my fire up there. <laughs> That was like one of my proudest achievements to walk into the gym, Jackson Wing, and then go, Cam, look, you're up there. And I'm like, fuck, I'm next to John Jones and shit. And Cowboy and all them. Yeah. And I'm there. And I'm like, fucking the Reg tattoo is there. <laughs> like, it's there. Like, it's such a proud feeling. I think I didn't get that from sucking dick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Licking lick people's arse now. I got that from my hard work and my talent and my ability and what I'm good at and, and I think because I've built up this reputation now and I haven't built it up from getting given it I've been given nothing in my life nothing I've worked my bollocks off like from me coming out of the army to me going in the army I've all I've never been handed anything in my life everything I've gone out and worked hard for and it's funny because I put up a post there on Instagram and I said I let them all talk shit everything I've worked hard for it's come from hard work, dedication, and persistence, and that's and I like they all talk, look back and go look what he's got, and they all talk shit about it, but it all that's where it comes from. One hand from my dad, my family. I was brought up on a council estate. Fucking police, people used to get knocked at my door. My old man, we used to jump over the fucking back fence because he ain't meant to be there because we're fucking claiming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I had to, you know it. I lived on the, a rough estate, a little shitty estate, and my best friend lived in a fucking big house just around the corner up the road. And so I just think like, now I've got to the point where, and then also you've got to think like, I'm, I cornered Titan Pedro in his last fight. My first ever time cornering someone in the UFC, and I'm cornering Titan Pedro against OSP in the co-main event in Singapore. Like I didn't get that through luck. I got that through my ability and what I know and what I do. One thing I am very good at, I'm good at breaking down fights. I believe that I can break down every fighter. Explain what you mean. So I, I will look at a fight. Um, for example, well, we got Shogun coming up, right? So Tyson's fighting Shogun in Andalay. Um I don't know yet if I'm cornering him. Probably will be. I don't know. But regardless, he's my mate, so I help him out. Um, but yeah, so I will study the last 10 fights of Shogun. And I'll study on how he loses and how he wins, what he does well, what he don't, and I'll break it down and I'll put together a game plan and say, these are what we're going to do. My way of thinking now with the fight game is trying to think where the fight game's going to be in five years' time. Mm -hmm. I don't look right now and think what we're doing now. I look five years ahead. So if someone's good at wrestling, for example, let's say um, could be he's going to take <laughs> down mm -hmm. McGregor. Mm -hmm. It's fact. Mm -hmm. So what should we do? Should we should we have McGregor? Exactly, yeah. yeah, I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Should we have McGregor try and defend Khabib's takedowns for the first two rounds, three rounds, and fight? Listen, and fight them off, 
Think how much, think how tired you're gonna get. Or shall we go with the flow? Khabib hits the cake down, I'm gonna go with it. Because the element of surprise is this. Khabib thinks he's gonna hit McGregor with a takedown, McGregor's gonna, McGregor's gonna resist. And then the fight. So let's not resist. Let's use his yeah, momentum. And the only thing with that, though, no, I, let's, I, I thought about this for McGregor. The only thing about this, though, right, and you fucking know this, being a mm. BJJ ninja, is, um, is that it's such a short amount of time for Conor McGregor to get such a high skill. Exactly. The level of skill he has to get on the ground to, to be, compete with Nurmagomedov. Exactly that. Yeah, can't, it's too short. And this is it. And it's this, this is his downfall. Right? Yes. And exactly <laughs> this. Exactly this, right? Yeah. The matter of years. Khabib's put into wrestling. Sam about wrestling that, right? Mm. McGregor can spend the next two years of training and wrestling every day and them two can go out and wrestle. McGregor's losing. He's getting taken down. So, for me, it's about reserving energy. And reserving energy is not resisting, mm -hmm. but moving, mm -hmm. flowing. Flow with it. Brace it. That's what he's doing. What McGregor can do, he can keep moving and keep wriggling out and keep protecting and keep moving because he just does tire down. So, anyway, my is it morphology? Is that a word? It depends what you're going to say. Say what you're going to say. Morphology meaning on how I break something down, on my intake, on oh, my solution um, to say. What's the word I'm looking for? That sounded fucking oh, cool. Shit. My mythology, no, not mythology. It's, it's not uh, mythology. My, uh, Oh mate, something. But anyway, my I, I philosophy. No. My yeah. theory on breaking down fights. Let's yeah. go with that. Yeah, is completely different to how anyone's doing it at the minute. I've worked with another good friend of mine, good fighter, Joby Sanchez. When I first got to Jackson Wing, I met Joby Sanchez. He was in the UFC, right? The guy didn't have no jujitsu. Good, good striker. Good scrambling, but didn't really have a jiu-jitsu game where he felt confident enough after submit the fucker on the floor, I beat him up. Didn't have it. But, got signed to the UFC, young age, um, took the opportunity, ended up getting cut from the UFC because he lost uh, two fights out. So he got a four-fight contract, stepped up, fucking literally, a few weeks notice, I fought Wilson Rays in the flyweight division, right? Who are you on about? Joby Sanchez. Yeah, you're on about him, yeah, sorry. Okay. Joby Sanchez. Went three rounds with Wilson Rays, who's fought for the title mm -hmm. now. Went three rounds with him. Then he fought his second fight, beat the kid, and it was arguable to be fight of the night, but because there was bigger fighters on the card, he didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Then he was scheduled to fight some other lad who I was training with him for, and then the lad pulled out. They changed his opponent last minute, and the lad knocked Joby out. Then the UFC cut him. And I fucking hate that about the UFC, because I'm like, this kid's 22, 23 at the time. What was the reason? He lost it. It's just cutting him. You must be more reason than that. No, honestly, that's what it comes down to. Mm. So this is what annoys me. The UFC can give you a four-fight contract. You're not allowed to do shit. But if the UFC want to cut you after two fights, they'll just say, yeah, we don't want you. Mm. And don't matter. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, they, they cut Joby, right? And I said to Joby, he said, look, this is your test now, mate. I said, do you know what the beautiful thing is about? You've experienced the top, and you're only 22, 23. So whatever I, I can do, I want to help you. I want to add something to your game. It's where I feel you're losing. Like this is where I feel your weakest area. So let's make it your strongest. And I trained with him as much as I can, and I taught him a lot. And he always liked the way I taught. And I made him an aggressive grappler, 
aggressive uh, submission attempts, beating people up on the floor. Since he left, he left the UFC, right? Come out his first fight, he won by choke, one of my chokes, Darce choke. Uh, I think another fight he won by. Um, he won by decision, but to be fair, that was a really hesitant fight. And it pissed me off him because I'm like, you're too hesitant. But what it is because he had so much to lose. Everyone wants to beat him because there's their ticket to the UFC. Well, he don't want to lose because then he goes back further. So he won that fight and then he got called up to the contender series, Dana White contender series. Oh, yeah. You win that, you can get contract from the UFC. He got given a fighter and I cornered him in it, right? And I worked with him the whole fight, camp up to it. And what we drilled, and I'm not kidding you, he say this, yeah? I'll pick out the basic shit to drill and we drill it consistently. To, like Bruce, is it Bruce who said one? Uh, drill a thousand kicks or drill one kick a thousand times right yeah so we done that and um, the fight we, we warmed up we trained he come out and he smashed the guy everything I said do it, do, he was doing it and it was beautiful it was like the most easiest fight we've ever cornered and he didn't get the contract because other people got knockouts on the night so Dana White gave him that but then Dana White said to him we're going to give him another chance and he come back and I cornered him again and he dominated the guy I feel I said he did and he smashed it and now he got signed back to the UFC. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, so after like two years yeah. being out there, and I'm not just saying it's purely my work, because it ain't. There's other other instructors there who's had a good influence on him and helped him. Um, Harry, um, he's a twin. Uh, black belt jiu-jitsu, black belt fucking judo, like Renzo Gracie jiu-jitsu he is um, from oh, New York. He's, he's legit. Harry, Harry's a legit coach. He's helped me a lot, but... I think you speak to Joby, like, I've been a strong coach, not just also helping him get better, but keeping him mentally on track, because not really funny, if you're in New Mexico, it's the worst state in America for gun crime, for drugs, like most people are on fucking meth there, that's where Breaking Bad was filmed, mm -hmm. like it's proper dog shit city, mm -hmm. and you think someone, like a young kid like Joby was looked upon like doing great, oh, he's at the UFC, oh he's fucking shit, he feels like he's let himself down. At the time, he was going for a rough patch with his missus, broke out of those. It's all up and down. So, I mean, he went for a real hard patch. And now, him and his girlfriend are the best they've ever been. It's great to see. He's back in the UFC with a mature head because he was too immature before. Mm. Still going out partying and fighting and that. Mm. But now he's mature and he's mm. in the UFC. And mm. I'm really proud of him. But, like, I work with him. And, like, getting back, I know I've come a bit off subject, but that's just an example of, like, I work with him. I work with um, Tyson. So I'm now getting the respect from people going, fuck, Cam knows what he's doing. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be like co-main event with that type of fighter if he mm. didn't believe that mm. I'm worthy of being there. And like, he's one of my best friends as well. To be fair, like that's what I found. I have connection. If I have a connection with you, then I'll corner you. If I have time to work with you, I'll work with you. But I'm not gonna corner someone if there's nothing there and I don't feel like I like you. Because for me, it's loyalty again. They need to believe in what you're, in the advice you're giving them. Are they honest at the times? Is they on their fucking ass? You know? mm. if, and if they don't trust you, don't trust them. Is that the connection? They're gonna listen to you, and then they're more likely they're gonna leave. But I think so. That's what that's what's happened. I have built up this reputation now in my hometown and everywhere. And everyone, Killer Cam, my my show, my my promotion, smashing mm. it. Everyone knows it's a really good fucking show, and it is. And the reason, do you know, the reason why. That, so now rewind, brainstorm. MMA's in the middle. <laughs> I draw my lines off, I went MMA gym, promotion, fight wear. I thought I'm not going to do the gym obviously because I ain't got the experience. I'll do the promotion because that's the money maker. 
That's the big fucking goal. And then fightwear, it's killing it. So let's start up, Kid Again Fightwear and Promotions Limited. And I did. And I started up and I made the company legit and I was like, fuck. And I actually remember I was speaking I was speaking actually uh yesterday about it. Because obviously I'm starting up my gym now and it's the same yeah. like it's scary. It's like do I put this deposit down on this building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, once I've done it and I'm renting it, so it's not it's a lease, so it's not like I'm buying it and I can just fucking rent it out to someone. I'm about to come here, I'm about to put my deposit down and be like, okay. You're not short leases either, are they? Yeah, <laughs> fucking five years, <laughs> ten years. I'm like, shit, <laughs> gotta make it work. And yeah, so I had to do all these interviews and meetings with the Winter Gardens in Margate because they stopped the local boxing there because there's too many fights. Yeah. So you imagine now I rock up, can I just put a cage fighting event on? Yeah. And it was still young, very young. Like no one knew cage fighting, really. It was, it was sort of it was brutal and barbaric. So then I went there and um twenty twelve ish. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, about twenty twelve. And <clears throat> when all these men forty years old. People. I just started watching it. I just started watching right, it. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've just now started a promotion, right? Yeah. And it was so easy for me to become the best promotion. Because I I know I do my research. I went to every show, plus I'm a fighter. I don't want to be warming up into it. That's wrong, that's wrong. And I'm so obsessive with making sure that every little fucking thing is covered because I remember the army I remember the paras saying read the idiot's guide because a fucking idiot can do it mm-hmm. <laughs> so write those rules list for someone who's the most stupidest man on the planet so he won't understand it and won't get it wrong mm-hmm. and that's what I did with the company I literally wrote it down to a point where it run like clockwork and it and basically I got the, I got the final meeting they said yeah we'll let you do one and I was like, shit, and they were like, we need a deposit. And I, had, I only had like 500 pounds on me at the time. Like, I only had 500 pounds in my name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was actually, I was with my auntie. Um, and I said to her, I don't, think, I don't know if I'm going to do it. It's a lot of money. And I, I could just fucking use it for my family and like, or go buy some new trainers. Do you know what I mean? Buy a car. <laughs> and she went to me, I went, because I don't just want to lose the money because I don't get back. And she was like, listen, so you go spend that on training shoes and whatnot. Or, or whatever she went you put it down you'll never regret it if you fail then you'll work out why you failed and, yeah. and then you'll go again but if you don't put it down she went, someone else will do it it may not be now maybe in a year but someone would do it and when they start doing it you won't get the opportunity to do it again and then you'll sit there and you will live with regret if only I went and put a fire in your power I said, 500 pounds is nothing. And it's one, she, it was like, one thing you've got to remember, you've got to invest in yourself in that. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I went straight there and I put the 500 quid down. And I was like, fuck, I've done it. <laughs> I remember doing my first poster. And, and that was my commitment. I was like, shit, now I've got to make it work. And I'd done my first show and I made 7,000 pounds. And it was the first person ever, well, not ever, first person in 10 years who'd put an event on at this venue. And it's a unique venue in the UK. It's all like the biggest comedians go there. I was the first person to bring something new to the Winter Gardens and make profit. They couldn't believe I made seven grand. Yeah. And that was seven grand just through them. Technically, all together, I reckon I made about 10 grand. And I thought I was the fucking king. I thought I was the next dunking. I was like, I'm fucking part of the year, watch. Because <laughs> if it ran so well, yeah. next show, get made and made another big step. But what it were, because I weren't working and I thought I'm going to have full commitment on this, I still had rent to pay. So I was having to take money out of my profits. So I make seven grand, but now I've got four months to the next show, but I've got seven hundred pound rent. Yeah. So I'd have to pay that, and then pay the fucking bills, and 
So by the time I got around to the next show, I'm like, I need to put this show on because I need to pay for the next four months. Mm. And that's what was that's what happened, right? So I'd done three shows and made good profit. I had one show, Jubilee Weekend. What year was that? No idea. Jubilee Weekend. Everyone was saying, oh, the Jubilee's going to help everyone. Yeah. Fuck off. Every can't win in London on the day of my show. Oh, no. I lost on that one show £12,000. Fucking hell. Because I had to take a loan out from the bank because the fighter decided to pull out. He was the coach. He decided to pull out because he was injured and he went, oh... I went, oh, are you still bringing your friends? But no, nah, I'm not going to come up because I'm not fighting. I'm like, you're a coach. You're fucking, I've got four fighters that are fighting. No, I ain't. So they all pulled out. Day before the weigh And I was one of them. Do you know what? It was going through a hard time and loads of shows were closing down because I couldn't keep up. And I said, do you know what? Every workman has a bad day at work. Mm-hmm. You need to just suck it up. So I went to the bank, got a fucking eight grand loan. Had to overpay people to come and step in on a day's yeah. notice, just to make sure that these these guys that have trained their bollocks off for eight weeks, made their money, like train that spend their money on training, dieting, and all that. They've done it for a reason, and I weren't going to turn my back on them again. It comes back to me being loyal to them because I'm a fighter and myself, and I had a deal with you. You signed up for my show, so let me tell you something. If I, I will try all options and get people in. It costs me money, it costs me money. But I'll try it. I won't not try it and just go, oh, sorry, four fighters pulled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it cost me seven grand to put a show on now and I'm going to lose money. No, fuck you. No, it's not fair. And I pull it on and I lost the money and then I was like, fuck. So then I had to take like a year out from it. But then on that year out, I didn't give up on it. I just put down everything on why it went wrong. Again, like, to find to make a good company you need to find the problems to your, the solution to your problems and I did that I identified the problems come up with the solutions I've come back and I've, I've done well since I haven't I make profit and on my shows I'm on my 15th show now are you really? Yeah. fucking hell didn't realise they've got yeah. that many you should come to this one November 3rd if you're in come down oh mate I am um, I, I am somewhere I will not be in the UK I'll tell you after I'll tell no. you after because it's for this Shit, I remember through But yeah, next one, March 30th. But I always let you know anyway, you can come down. I can't watch. Brilliant night. Jack Marshall comes down. I thought I was following you on Facebook. Yeah, 15 shows I've done now. Um, Jackson's coming, yeah, but he's jacked. But then he said he's coming in here, and then he went dark on me, and that was uh, two days later the Madison Square Gardens fight got announced. Yeah, yeah, he's on that now, hasn't he? But yeah, so, and now I I do, do well with the shows, and I've got. I've got it to a point where it's managed. Like a lot of people think, <laughs> like the funny thing is, but someone like tried having a pop at me the other day on Facebook was like, "Oh yeah, it's people like us. Uh, you you ain't got a normal job. You just live the life going all these places and all that. People like us pay for you." I was like, "Motherfucker, listen. <laughs> Do you forget I run a promotion that's successful?" I've fucking worked my bollocks off. I've done what you've done. I've done scaffolding. I've done all the... I've done it all. I've done everything. I haven't stopped working since... The day I was old enough to work, I was a paper boy. And I ain't, I've always worked since then. And just because I ain't in a nine to five job, let me say, I let him rip. I let him have it. And I was just like, listen, I've built a kill account. You're going on about hours, going nine to five. I ain't done a nine to five. Motherfucker, try running a company. There ain't no hours. I've like the hours I still put into Kid Cam now are over fucking seventy hours a week. It's non stop. I'm continuously working. And anyone that owns a company who has to look after themselves like that will know. 
and it just really got my back up a bit and I was like sitting there putting out as if like I don't fucking like I live with my people and regardless if I did and I get sponsors I'd do it because I put my hard graph in I work hard to get the reputation for making you fuckers want to pay me to wear your brand like I just thought it was a real muggy thing he apologised anyway the kid and uh to be fair, I, I knew he'd had a drink. And I said to him, you've had a drink. I had, to, I had to inbox him and I was just like, look, you've had a drink, but you cheeky little... Oh, was it social fuck. media? Yeah. Did you not know this guy? No, I do know. That's why oh, I'm setting out. Yeah. So I was like, really? Now now you feel, you little fuck. And I was like, you've had a drink. I said, we all get broken had a drink. I said, but you know, I said, out of more than anything, I was hurt. I was hurt by it because I was like, you're meant to be a fucking friend. But what it was, he took offence to me saying something about him. But it weren't. I said it purely jokingly, like, and he had a drink and he took it the wrong way. And anyway, he's a really sweet lad. He's a really sweet lad. He's a nice lad. He's had a drink, and the next day he did message me. He was like, "Fuck, I'm really sorry. That was, it was I'm disgusting myself and that. Please forgive me." And I was like, "Look, I've done heaps of shit on front. That's a different person. Don't know why about it. He's, mm. Like, I get it. It's done. Forget. It. But yeah, it's just like people don't realise the hard work. Like, Fucking me, I've been to America, I've been, fucking hell, honestly, I've been to America, right? I'd say nearly 15 times, 20 times. To Jackson. Yeah, in four years I've been there about 20 times. Easy. Mm. That's money, that's a lot of money. A sponsor, then my things I fucking get sponsored. Fuck, it costs three, four grand a trip. That's money from Killigan. Mm. And people say, why? Because another, like I said, another coach, Kieran Kettle, said to me, Cam, you're only as good as your investment, you invest in yourself. Why would I want to invest in you when you're not going to invest in yourself? Mm. So I did, and I thought, you know, no one's going to believe in you until you believe in yourself. That's like one of my slogans I always say, believe in yourself, believe in your future. Once you believe in yourself, the people will believe in you. So any money I've got, I'd make sure my family's sorted, or my kids are on that, and then fucking bounce on a plane and that's my trade I always I, I looked here I always look at the, the martial arts life like I'm an apprentice and I'm going all these different places and I'm meeting all these fantastic people and I am so happy when I travel I'm not, I'm not even joking like England depresses me and I kind of think like why would I want to start up a gym here when I don't like it and I think it's because I don't know what I, I don't know what's going on in terms of my head wise but I know that my gym will be great here and I know that once I do hang up the gloves, which ain't gonna be for a long time until I achieve, achieve my goal, which I know I will get to the UFC, mm-hmm. um, I'll make the best coach. I'll become, I will literally, and I, I sat down, I could say, I say, I say as loud as anything, and I put anything behind it, I'll become one of the greatest coaches in the world. In the world, like the, the reputation people like Greg Jackson have got on Wink, I'll, I'll become just as big. Like of my era, I'll be one of the biggest coaches because the way my theory on how to the way the fight game's going, I believe I'm ahead, and I believe that my formula is correct. My coaching ability is good. Uh, I honestly believe that, and that and that's what excites me about being a coach. I kind of feel like fuck. I just want to do coaching as well. So I do now. I do a lot of coaching when I'm not fighting. I fight. I coach. I fight. I coach. I balance it well. Um, Going on to my next fight, I got asked to fight for the Bama World title. Bantamweight. Got asked to fight in the island for it December 9th. Um, they said last year, not last year, sorry, um, they said, when last, fuck me, must have been the August, July time. 
I said, Cam, when you fight for the world title, I was like, done. Who, like, we're trying, I said, send me anyone. Send me any person. I know I'm ready for it. <coughs> I've learned a lot in my last two fights. Obviously, you've got two stoppages. Just, just learn to be relaxed. Mm -hmm. Instead of just wanting to kill every gun, just relax, Cam, and be like you're inspiring and you're smashing. I have done. And it's opened up a lot of doors for me in my mind and on my game. And then, yeah, they offered me the title fight and then offered me people and people were saying no. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's just like, bullshit. It just makes man. sense of what you kind of you posted last. Yeah, it's bullshit. Everyone wants to make out, oh yeah, fight, fight, and then there's always an excuse to creep in. What do you mean? It's like uh, uh, who's the, the, world, the champion? Vacant. Oh, is it? It was vacant. Oh fuck! So because it's vacant, they're like, we need two people. Cam and I said, get me an Irishman. One of the Irish lads, Damien Rooney, got offered it. Um, it's what I've been told. He got offered it. He had retired before he got offered it. But this is how I look at You said you're retired, but you've only just retired in May. You've now been offered a world title fight. Win the title and retire. Mm. You've been given a world title fight on Bama in your hometown Dublin. Yeah, Fucking but, uh, fight, bruv. If he's not feeling yeah, sharp, you... and the, 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 horror, the horror story side of it, is if he's not feeling sharp, I think I'm fucking, I'm, I'm uh, beyond. And, and he loses. And he, he's got out on, that's, that's getting out on a fucking a loss. Like, hideous loss. Yeah. But yeah, my mindset was like, no, you're a pussy, you're not real fire. <laughs> and I said that to him. And he's That's a, why you're a fucking winner, mate. That's yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, fuck that, you're a faggot, man. I said, you, like, I was thinking, you yeah, ain't a real fire. Just proves it. But yeah, like, he may have other reasons, but I just think how I think. I don't know what you're saying. So, fucking go for it, didn't you? Yeah, go, go for, for it. it. Fuck that. That's enough to make any man come back, right? Yeah. But then, yeah, so then... Then they're, they're like, okay, we've got another opponent, we'll talk to another opponent. I'm like, look, you need to announce it because Tiger Mutai has said to me, Cam, come out here, you train for free because you're fighting for the world title. Yeah. And promote. So I was like, yeah, done. And you're going to release it. That you're, we got the Bama world title fighter here. And they didn't release it while I was out there. And I'm like, where the fuck is this fight? Because I look like a dick to them. I feel like I've just said it. And I, just, I showed them the message. They said, look, they've said they're coming up with an opponent. Then I got back from Tiger Mutai, and then I get told I've got a meeting in London to find out the show's going ahead. I'm like, what? Then I get told, yeah, the show's now not going ahead. So BAM was not happening December 9th. They cancelled the show. Apparently it was to do with TV deals, and then now I've heard in the grapevine that BAM was folding completely. Oh, really? Yes. And I've been told that by someone quite high up. Fucking who, Who's basically told me the fight cards definitely scrapped December 9th um, and I think because they haven't put a show on now since the summer to wait now till next year to put a show on they've lost too much momentum and what you got to think mate why, why, why would they be funded? because mate, they, they don't make money mate they don't make money why? who don't make money from the sponsors the sponsors don't pay enough the venues that they hire ridiculous it's a bad business model then. oh shit business model I'm telling you now, the people that invest in that, they invested in Tequila Gang, they'd fucking see Dime on their, on their money every show. <laughs> I'm telling you now, they would, because I've got the correct formula and I know that would smash it. I'm taking it steadily. Approach him. And, oh, that's it. Get, get, in, get, in, get me in the meeting, which I'm trying to sort out now, some big meetings. Get me in the meeting with anyone that's got, knows, got their shitload of money. I'm telling you, you could bring 10 million to Tequila Gang, I wouldn't use your 10 million. I've got a business model. I'll make sure that every show will turn over profit. The difference is when you've got these big companies think, oh yeah, MMA's taking off. Let's fucking chuck loads of money in it. 
and they're paying people that aren't passionate about it. Mm-hmm. They're paying people because they're getting money for the fucking job. Yeah, a lot of it is down. So that's why it's not run properly. A lot of problems with that is when um, when uh, when you get uh, successful businesses quick. Um, they're a victim of their own success, and uh, if they it can be down to someone gets lucky and, and has a few good occurrences, like a few good events, and then and they get some fucking media behind them, and then next thing, fucking hell, flying, flying, fuck, and they get a they get a big fight, they're all big personality on board, and, then, and they're, all, they're growing quick, getting the wrong, they need to get people in, they need more people, they get wrong people in the wrong position, manage it wrong, the whole structure's wrong, yeah. business model's fucked. Is that you? So I was just literally thought out, when you were saying that then, an easy way for me to describe it, and literally just thought of it right now, and then, so I've got to say it. It's like playing a roulette machine, roulette, right? Yeah. So I had a friend who used to play roulette like this. He'd go, right, I'm going to put £10 on red. Yeah. Didn't come in. Okay, I put £20 on red, £40 on red, yeah. £80 on red. I'm like, bro, I don't, you're going to run, it's going to run. No, it hit. And when it does hit, then he makes fucking a bit of money, yeah, right? Yeah. So putting on a show, they go, right, we suck £10 million because we've got fucking £5 million in the bank. We're going to keep doing it until finally we get a big fucking sponsor and then it goes, bang, we've made our money. But the difference is MMA's what is so even though MMA is kinda of big, it's so small. It's so in the UK it's tiny. In America it's big, but Bellator, USC, USC main one. They're they're the big fuckers. Like they're they're the one killing the sponsorships and all that. Like, it'll change when the UFC managed to put on fights that are fucking UK, more fights at a UK time, showing the UK time will start changing. Mm. Or when another promotion does. That's a big problem at the minute, right? Mm. People don't know about UFC is Mate, you have to sit up until two, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, until six in the morning, watch the big fights. Look yeah. what's happening Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, a, that's obviously similar with the boxing, isn't it? That's why they want to keep AJ here. Because we finally have yeah. pulling rights where we can change the landscape of boxing. We've got AJ, right, which is the biggest UK boxer. He's arguably becoming the biggest boxer in the world. And the best thing that AJ's done is not take the fight and let fucking Tyson Fury take the fight. Because regardless of how big that'll be, still now the biggest fight to make is the winner to fight AJ. Mm-hmm. And it will be on UK soil because all the Americans want to watch it mm-hmm. and it'll be the biggest gate probably that a UK bred fighter in the UK at UK time, 10 a.m. Uh, sorry, 10 p.m. Yeah. Like to have people up in America fucking uh, mind you in America they're six hours behind so th- it's always good for them they're watching the day do you know what I mean it's not a problem I don't so yeah but that like, a lot of the reason why like the US the UFC will I remember the UFC Manchester they did it at like 1am yeah fucked up yeah because yeah. they wanted it to be in it, they wanted it to be in America at 9pm yeah. so they made the English fucking go at like fight well, one two a.m. The main cast like like one a.m. in England. How can you do that? Mm. Maybe we'll start fucking around with Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to end on? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically went to the fight. Yeah. So yeah, my story. My story is this. I'm in a shit situation, right? Because I planned for the December December night to fight on Bama. So my theory was, um, I got a grappling match end of this month. Where? Um, all the shot. Oh, have you been? Yeah, grapple, grapple battle, battle grapple. Um, on there, fighting Ashley Grimshaw in a grappling match, no gi, 10 minutes, he's black belt, I'm brown belt. 
Um, 10 minutes submission only. Mm -hmm. uh, that should be good. I've gone up in weight. Is that like a bit like the um, metamorphosis kind Yeah, yeah. So I've gone up in weight, fine at 73. I'm at 70, 68 now. But I know he, he finds it hard to cut. Mm -hmm. But for me, he's grappling. But it's just grapple. Um, so yeah, I've got that. And then it was do Killy Cam the week after. November 3rd. And then November 4th, fly back to Jackson's or wherever. Like it meant Tiger, Tiger for the time being or whatever. Um, but fly, do, do, do my camp. And then, t so what I was technically to do, I was going to go wherever Tyson wanted to go. It was probably, at the time, we was talking about going to America because Tyson's fighting December 2nd. Mm -hmm. So we're training together there. Then I was going to fly to Australia, corner Tyson, and then me and him were going to fly to Ireland, mm -hmm. then me fight. Perfect. But now they pulled the car. So now I'm like, shit, I've got to find another fight. But I can't take a fight like mid-November because I'm not going to have a camp properly because I'm here. And I've got killer camp. So technically, the only fight that's I'm gonna tr maybe try and get on Cage Warriors, December eighth against a Welshman. It's Kev fight, Kev fight. No, he's not. Well, well not that I've heard of. They've just released it today that they're doing December eighth in in Wales. Um, that's a possible belief for me to fight because now it's just timing. You know, what I mean, I planned it for that. Yeah. I need it around the eighth for the ninth. So that means I can still train corner Tyson if need be yeah. and fight. But I got offered a fight in October, I can't. Yeah. So I fight three, four weeks. To lose the weight and all that, it's just not gonna happen. Plus I want I want I'm at a point now where momentum's going, so I want a proper training count because I'm keeping this momentum going. But then also, so get this, so Mick Maynard, who's the matchmaker for the UFC, mm -hmm. I got talking to him on Instagram and I asked him about like saying like, what I explained him the situation um, because obviously I was meant to fight for the world title. When in that world title, yeah, would he give me a fight in the UFC in March? Because my getting into the UFC comes with a sprinkle of dust. Good luck, right place at the right time. And as long as you're on a win, say that they've signed people and I've lost. But as long as you're on a win and you're around the right people, they give you the opportunity and you're branded. Mm -hmm. I can be branded fucking easy. I'm mm -hmm. a fucking parry bar. Not only that, um, I always get told. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Like, good, good, <laughs> fucking good looking. Let's <laughs> not push the boat. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it's right time at place, and the aim was to win the title December 9th, and then UFC come every March to London. Hello, comes here, get me on. Mm -hmm. So now I spoke to Mick Maynard. He was like, "Don't drop yourself in this shit. Yeah, give anything away. Get get on a LFA." LFA, Mick Maynard, who's a matchmaker for the UFC, used to run. Right. He sold it now. But I said, I want to start taking over America and fighting the Americans more. So I said, can you have a word? He was like, yep. Yeah. So he messaged a matchmaker from LFA. Now we talk to him. And he's looking to get me to fight in LFA in America. So yeah. I reckon a couple wins on there. Looks good. Mick Maynard's happy. Comes to the UFC. Sweet. So yeah. How do people follow you? How do people follow your journey, mate? Instagram is the biggest market tool. Because no, you wouldn't give your fucking number earlier. Mate, Jamie's really weird. Instagram messaging me all the time. I know, you know you're so fucking, you can tell you're so military still. <laughs> you can tell you've only just come out, right? I'm fucking without years. Yeah. How long have you been out? Uh, I got out a year after you. Oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you still stayed in the military work. Yeah, well, I went, industry, yeah, a little. Right? 
See, me, I'm just like, we're fucking, like, if I'm texting you, I'm texting now, so I just fucking reply. Yeah, but on Instagram, I don't get, I you don't get notifications. Yeah, to be fair, I don't get them either, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, then I realise. I've voice messages, so I do WhatsApp, I've voice messages. Yeah, I, I'm always voice messaging, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, it's Killer Cam on Instagram, isn't it? Mm. No. Instagram is Cam Cheetah MMA, so that's C A M C H I D A. It's the only Cam Cheetah in the world. That's what I found out by the way. What do you mean? There's no one in the world with the name Cam Cheetah. Why did you not just have Cam Cheetah? Because I put MMA because it's just fine, isn't it? Fuck knows. But I can't just have Cam Cheetah. Mm. Not anymore, mate. So I'm gonna oh, no, that was it. I've snapped it up. But how good is that, mate? <laughs> so my nickname's Cam Cheetah, and people are like, mate, hey, it's, when I, when it's you, unique. Like, there's no one good. There's no one in the is world. Is it like a little shout out to Leo Machida or something? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, what it is is I. It's the alias name in the world, by the way. Leo Machida. Yeah, the dragon. Cool, the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I fucking loved him, man. Yeah, and I got yeah. to train with him. I lived yeah. with out in Brazil. Did you? Fuck yeah, I ain't told you that. Yeah, I need fucking a day on me, bro. Um, Done a lot, but yeah. Cam Chida, MMA, Twitter. Um, Facebook is just Cameron House. That's from my fan page on Facebook, but Instagram, Cam Chida, and my Twitter's the same. Hope you enjoyed those, those, hope you enjoyed those, those words, hope you enjoyed those words, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll improvise in, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to edit this out, hope you enjoyed those words folks, with Cameron else. <laughs> right, thanks again to our sponsors, Westway Nissan, they've got the mo- uh, Motability Weekend going on this weekend, Friday to Sunday, go along, get a test drive, book a test drive, get another test drive, get a £20 Argus voucher, so if you're one of my tight friends with less than four limbs, then um, and we've all got them. Military people can crack these jokes. We've got disabled friends who are tighter than a duck's ass. Go along to Westway Nissan if you want a new car. You'll get <laughs> you'll get a <laughs> you'll get the twenty pound discount. I don't think someone specifically now who's laughing. He'll be laughing to himself when you listen to this. Stupidest and that's you, and everyone knows you're tight. Uh, go along to westwaynissan.co.uk and Westway Nissan on Instagram, and they are on um, they're on Facebook as well. You get up to twenty percent off with them on vehicles, and they've got. Nissans that you can't get anywhere else, believe it or not. Also sponsoring us today with Rugby for Heroes, Rugby Number Four Heroes. You can find them online. They are based at the Old Lemontonians RFC. They do all sorts of um, activities and events to raise money for multiple charities. Okay, but all centered around veterans and rugby. Rugby Number Four Heroes on social media. Finally, Forty Nine Group. Go to Forty Nine Dot Group for veteran-owned, veteran-operated. Veteran conducted, veteran delivered, health and safety, security, and medical services. Patreon.com forward slash hour if you want to look at how you can help me out, continue to do this, and continue on this journey, which I thoroughly enjoy. I hope you enjoy it too. But also you get like sneaky peeks and updates and you get you get episodes you get episodes, you get shows before everyone else. That's my phone going. I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off when I'm coming on. Uh, what else was there? Patreon. I'll oh, leave his link. Don't forget, third Tuesday of every month, which is the next one is on 16th. 16th of October, Colchester, 6.30pm. Done. Out.
I'm about to record another show, and that's my phone going because the guest is here. So, gotta go. Until next time, out. <laughs>